Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. Bitch, you got coronavirus. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff, versus Derek Michael Chauvin, defendant. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. Third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. Second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. Because of you, your name will always be synonymous with justice. I doubt it. You are fake news. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. Great story. Compelling and rich. I agree with that. All right, America. Go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. <laughs> Your proud friends say that you are their fave duo. You're simply the best. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. Oh. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Hi. Well, are you ready for your mea culpa? I guess so. You've talked a lot of shit about coronavirus not being real. And now it's time to atone. We all look forward to your stunning admission coming up in just a few minutes. But before that, jam-packed week of news to discuss, as always. The big news of the week, of course, is the Chauvin verdict. I felt like an idiot again for being surprised by this because the one thing I didn't factor in is this is Clown World. Uh, guilty on all counts. In the, I guess, now determined to be murder of George Floyd. We're going to break down our takeaways and uh, then we'll have Viva Fry on for a segment to answer our questions about the legal technicalities of which there are plenty. Uh, we're very happy to have him on. I know there are a lot of people in the audience who are big fans of his show with Robert Barnes. So that's exciting. And uh, it was a pleasure to get to talk to him. And then, um, <laughs> well, I'm curious to see your reaction on this one, too, because we just got through with the story of the female cop thinking she was tasing a guy, but accidentally shooting him. Now, the the other big story this week is just how drastically differently we as a country can see what is a pretty straightforward event. A police officer in Columbus, Ohio, stops a black teen from stabbing another black woman. So he saves a black woman's life. And uh, other people see this as a racist uh, police murder in what is a, a totally normal knife fight. 
uh, culturally, yeah, really. this is just a part of a cult, a different culture, knife fights. And even OJ, that was my favorite thing this week. Even OJ was like, okay, come on. We can't let each other, we can't stab each other like that. O, OJ <laughs> has seen. That's important. <laughs> well, I think OJ is maybe one of the country's leading trolls at this point. He, he, ha- yeah. he I know he's at least somewhat self-aware. So uh, we'll, we'll check in with that. Uh, we got some Rona uh, topics to round out the show. We got some hoax hate and some surprise cringe as well. And we will uh, check in with Super Chats on YouTube, Tippy Stream, Trovo, and D Live in between topics. Ten bucks and up. You got to mute that shit. Oh, no. What do I do? This is, it hasn't I happened all a, day. I don't have a cough. If you have to cough, mute. Mute. <laughs> all right. Remember. Hey, uh, anyway, where where am I? Ten. We'll take Super Chat, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. Uh, and we'll do we'll take Super Chat until 1130 Eastern. So if you would like them red, get them in early and it's going to be all this and more on your favorite couple hours listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's Matt Christensen Media dot com. Uh, and don't forget, the show store is up and running. Uh, that's also on the website, MattChristensenMedia.com. We got t-shirts, we got mugs, we have hats, we have stickers, we have it all. Plus, we have special deals from our friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business uh, is uh, our friends over at Charity Swipes. They are a big supporter of the show. If you own or manage a business, you got to speak to Charity Swipes. They're a credit card processor just like Square and PayPal. But with lower fees, which means you keep more money in your pockets where it belongs. Uh, they have solutions for all types of businesses, from retail to restaurants to e-commerce. So no matter what kind of business you have, they have a program to meet your needs. Not only does Charity Swipes help businesses save on their credit card processing costs, but they're all about giving back to the community as well. As their name suggests, Charity Swipes gives 30% of their annual profit to charities like Make-A-Wish, Wounded Warriors Project, and the Gary Sinise Foundation. So simply by working with Charity Swipes, you're supporting nonprofits across the country as well. You can get started with Charity Swipes today and receive a free card reader as well as free setup and training. You can view all of the details of their amazing offer at charityswipes.com com slash mc every sign up greatly supports our show so if you in a business do yourself a favor and us a favor and go check them out at charityswipes.com slash mc you can find everything you need from charity swipes plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses including phoenix ammunition sonoran defense technologies hero soap company and more that's matt christensen media.com slash deals deals for listeners by listeners okay stalled long enough come clean yeah i got it i got the coof i'm coofed out um i won't say how i know i have it but i do and you know i this is not the sickest i've ever been in my life it's not even top 10 sickest i've ever been so I, i kind of got it and i was like is this uh is this why we shut down the country really this i know there are varying degrees of how bad it is for people but for me it's been like I'm really, really tired for a while. And then uh, this cough and the loss of taste and smell is very weird. Mm. Very weird. Yeah, I went through that in November, although I was not uh, sick beyond that. But it was a bizarre experience. Just pouring hot sauce on your tongue and feeling nothing. Oh, yeah. I was doing that, too. Just mad dog on my tongue. And it it was hot. I could feel the the burning, but I couldn't feel any of the flavor. You said something like... um, 
you had some kind of memory of of the way things make your tongue taste, but not the actual taste. Could, is, what, what did you say? I, the way I would put it is you can feel <clears throat> the taste. So yeah, if you it's put, like that. Yeah, if you put hot sauce on your mouth or you ate uh, something like a sour candy, you could mm-hmm. feel that part of your tongue engaging and kind of yes. salivating, but you don't actually taste the taste. It was very bizarre. Right. I mean, in any other year, this would have just been like, I, I don't even know that I would be not doing things normally or anything like that. I probably would have canceled the show on Wednesday just because of the coughing situation, but this is not, this is not that bad. The sickest I've ever been was when I had the flu. Hmm. Well, mm. so are you officially off the coronavirus's fake train? You have left that. Yeah, it's, it's real, but so, you know, it's not that bad. But now we can come together on the premise that it was created by the communist Chinese in cooperation with the Democrats and made specifically to be a highly contagious but minimally damaging virus to achieve political ends. Okay, We've, yeah, all right. I'm fine with that, yeah. <laughs> which, of, which, of course, uh, I, I would never... Uh, that's hypothetical, Susan. I would never say such things. Of course, it's uh, very dangerous and you should follow all WHO and CDC guidelines. Well, the thing about this, before we move on, um, if we would have just done what all those college students did, having those coronavirus parties and everybody was voluntarily infecting themselves, this would be over by now. We'll get to that. This is what we shut the country down for? Why? Yeah. I want to talk about that with uh, Texas and some coronavirus talkers later, because yet again, they're trying to explain how is it that Texas has ditched masks or at least the mask mandate? And yet they're not in Coronapocalypse as a result. The the yeah. mental gymnastics to explain that because masks, of course, <laughs> have to be effective. That could never be denied. We'll get to that later in the show. Oh, one more thing. Hmm. It is I, I've never been more disoriented. Uh, and I was trying to ask Viva Fry a question that was really logical in my mind. And it just came out as a jumble of retard words. So <laughs> you guys are going to have to bear with me. Um, I've got a lot of brain fog. That's the other thing. Gotcha. Well. He is uh, he's a very sharp guy and he was able to answer all of our questions. He was with ease. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Susan, speaking of, is uh, back at her old ways. If you thought that she was done with us or giving us a break after suspending the channel for a week. uh, No, Um, (laughs) I, I got notice from several listeners this week on my Chauvin verdict video, which is weird because because um. YouTube cleared that one for ads. So that was about one of the, maybe a third of my videos are A-OK for ads, no restrictions whatsoever. So, okay, cool. It's up. This is on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, I get tweets and emails from a bunch of people saying, now I have this bizarre cover on your video that says, the following content has been identified by YouTube, the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive for some audiences. And you have to click, I wish to, I, I understand and I wish to proceed. So it's just a, it's not it's another soft censorship where you just have to acknowledge that it's offensive to get through to the video. And and this was weird because it doesn't you go into my channel manager that I can see when I log in, how I manage all the videos on my channel. YouTube is showing, yeah, this this video is perfectly visible, no restrictions, monetization on. So I'm asking YouTube help on Twitter. Well, what the hell is this? I've never heard of this. Why is it on my video? If you say the video is perfectly acceptable for advertisers, why would it be? Uh, why would the average viewer need to see some sort of disclaimer right. before looking at it? And and YouTube says, well, we looked at it and there's no restriction anymore. Would you share a screenshot? Would you uh, share a screenshot with us if it pops up again? I said, well, 
a bunch of people have shared screenshots with you. What the hell is this? And they, they have no idea. And they said, we hope that clarifies. And I, I'm trying to get them to tell me even what policy this is under. Cause I've never heard of this shit. What point me to the policy on YouTube's website that explains if we find it subjectively offensive, we'll put some bizarre disclaimer on it. They couldn't even do that. <laughs> it's their secret shadow banning policy. Don't you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's two ways to look at it. Maybe it discourages people from watching my video. My hope is that people see it and think, this must be legit. This must be yeah. really cool. I should watch this. We'll see. But uh, Susan Susan never quits. Anyway, um, in any other week, this would have been major news that I would have hoped to devote more time to. But shock of shocks, Brian Sicknick died of natural causes, according to the medical examiner in D.C. Fill me in. Yeah, and nobody gives a shit because they made us wait four months. Um, I would say inexplicably, but we know the reason that they did this. So this um, medical examiner, Francisco Diaz, he said the autopsy found no evidence that the 42-year-old officer suffered an allergic reaction to chemical irritants, which was the most recent story, um, which which Diaz said would have caused his throat to seize. They didn't find that on autopsy. And he also said there was no evidence of internal or external injuries he died eight hours after returning to his office of natural causes, two strokes at the base of the brain caused by a clot in an artery. Um, and yeah, he doesn't know if he had a pre-existing condition, but it was still ruled uh, natural causes, natural causes. And you know who wasn't buying this? Us. You can, you can, you can pat us on the back a little bit. I, yeah. I don't necessarily love doing that, but I, I would say that I am. I, I didn't get everything about the Capitol riot correct as we've uh, gone back and visited. Um, but uh, this one was very smelly from the start. Didn't make a lot of sense. And yet the narrative persisted. And I just want to remind everyone, the narrative was not just the lie that you saw on TV news or the New York Times or the Washington Post elsewhere. This lie was part of the official pretrial memo for the House impeachment managers in the impeachment case against the president of the United States, Donald Trump. It's still up and it reads with a citation to The New York Times, quote, the insurrectionists killed a Capitol police officer by striking him in the head with a fire extinguisher. That lie lives to this day. I can't tell you how many left wing progressive news outlet uh comment sections i browsed to look at the reactions on this so many people still saying oh yeah oh i bet the beating had nothing to do with those strokes he had i'm sure the beating had nothing to do with it the beating no beating it never, never happened. happened there's no evidence of this at all no one has produced any video evidence of this even though tons of people had a camera he had no injuries yeah no injuries but it just goes to show if you put the lie mm -hmm. in place early enough repeated enough that is effectively history now and at least half the country still believes this guy was beaten to death yeah. as opposed to had a uh, had a stroke. And interestingly, too, no evidence that he was he had a reaction to chemical irritants deployed against him. That was the other theory that he had some bizarre reaction to bear spray that <sighs> caused him to die like a half a day later or some such nonsense. They, As I'll always emphasize with this case, it's not for lack of political will. Why do you think it took four months? They did everything they could to make this a political assassination essentially yep. and it wasn't it just mm -hmm. plain wasn't it rem the only person who died as a direct result from the capitol riot one person actually yeah. that's it that's it but she had what she got what was coming to her because she was committing a crime <laughs> unlike george floyd unlike dante Wright, unlike the rest of them 
She's the only one who got what she deserved because she was committing a crime. Yeah, not this black chick that was literally about to murder another black chick. Either. Nope, we'll not talk that about one. That later. That, that, she was a child. How dare you? She was a I child. Know. Okay. Uh, I uh, Recently, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, someone in the chat referenced the phrase Wild West pimp style. Uh-huh. And we at the time had no idea what that meant. Um, but I wanted to Jen Serky, Jen Serky, Jen Sacky. Jen Circle Jerk, yeah. Jen Circle Jerk, that's a good one. We're going to circle back on this one because now I know Texas is looking to join the expanding list of states with constitutional carry. Uh, and for those unfamiliar, that just means that there is no state permit required to exercise your constitutional right to carry a, a, a firearm, either concealed or open. And it turns out that cons- uh, constitutional carry, uh, as in non non criminal citizens exercising that right without government intrusion uh, goes by another name it is also called carrying wild west pimp style this is according to state representative ann johnson debating the issue earlier this month that 21 year old pimp that 21 year old pimp that 21 year old trafficker who is not yet a convicted felon roll on in to any place you want and buy a gun under this provision and walk around in whatever way you want no training, no understanding, Wild West pimp style. That's what this bill does. And then that pimp can roll into whatever small businesses in your community with their stable of girls, and they can flaunt it. Wild West pimp style. Oh my gosh, how ridiculous. You know what a, con- a person that hasn't committed a felony is? I mean, they're just a regular citizen. A citizen so, with rights, yeah. Right, so what do you want? I mean... <laughs> Uh, we, we've had, you've had constitutional carry in Idaho for uh, over a year or two. We just mm-hmm. got it here in Montana in January, February. Surprisingly, I have not seen wild West pimp murders all throughout Bozeman. It hasn't happened yet, but maybe they're coming. I you and, haven't North Idaho. I, I see men walking around like that all the time. Wild, wild West, West pimp, pimp style. style. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, as far as the bill in Texas, it did pass the Texas house, but it faces an uncertain future in the Texas Senate. Hey, here's hoping all of you Texan listeners get wild West pimp style carry in the near future. Uh, just a couple of quick items before we hop into the Chauvin verdict. Um, Trump is reportedly beyond serious about running again. He was speaking with uh, Sean Hannity in an interview and uh, that was the quote beyond serious about 2024. Are you running again in 2024? What what are the odds? I I am looking at it very seriously, beyond seriously Uh, from a legal standpoint. I don't want to really talk about it yet. So we shall (laughs) see. Except you just did. (laughs) According to a, uh, Reuters Ipsos poll conducted at the end of uh, March, six in 10 Republican voters want Trump to run again. I can't do this again. I'm too tired. I I don't know that he's my he's not my top pick politically, but as far as the show, I will definitely tune in. Yeah. And, um, you know, if the prospect for that show is not enough for you, you're not excited by that. Get ready for this show. Caitlyn Jenner is officially running for governor of California, announced on Friday. And uh, Jenner is seeking to replace current governor Gavin Newsom in a, a recall election, which, as I gather, is still prospective. The signatures are still being evaluated, I think, is the status. Uh, anyway, it may it, it may seem like a joke, but there are serious political players behind this. Tony Fabrizio, who is Trump's top campaign pollster in 2016 and 2020. Uh, Stephen Chung, 
uh, former White House and Trump campaign communications staffer. Also worked with uh, Arnold. You got to be careful with Arnold's last name, I've realized, and Susan. Arnold Schwarzenegger. His successful 2003 recall campaign. And uh, Brad Parscale, Trump's former campaign manager, is also going to be in an advisory role, though not a formal role. Um, and honestly, I, I I hope it works. It, it would be perfectly fitting for the first woman governor of California to be a guy. And I can't, I can't wait to see uh, how carefully Democrats dance around attacking this person or more realistically, maybe they'll just throw all the rules out and you can attack this particular transgender person because this particular transgender person uh, is not a Democrat. And killed somebody with their car. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. What, like, was was it a hit and run or just a vehicular no, death? It was a vehicular death. I think he like rear-ended somebody through negligence. Okay, but uh, rear-ended and died, or actually ran over a pedestrian. I forget. I need to look. No, this up. he rear-ended somebody that was in a car. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't know. I'm sure that the chat will fill us in. We'll get some good super chat jokes about it later. I bet. Uh, anyway, okay, let's move on to uh, the the big news of the week, which is the Chauvin verdict. And uh, before we talk about some of the, I want to talk about this alternate juror and some of the political reaction to the verdict before we get to Viva Fry. Mm. But just just our general takes. Uh, yeah, you, th- that is a self satisfied. Uh, I, I think what you're getting at is you know that I'm coming around to a particular worldview of yours. We'll get there. But as far as my general view of the. Um, the verdict, I I just don't believe the case was proven beyond a reasonable doubt. I don't believe that felony assault, which is the pretext for the second degree felony murder charge, was shown beyond a reasonable doubt. Because I don't understand how you can have a felony assault that results in no physical injuries to the victim. Right. They couldn't even prove that he was kneeling on his neck. <laughs> I, I understand assault is more complicated because pointing a gun at someone or threatening someone can be an assault. But I, I just don't see it. To the extent that this was a Minneapolis Police Department trained move, to the extent that George Floyd asked to be on the ground, a whole number of factors. Now, third degree murder charge, so-called depraved mind murder. I don't think that was shown beyond reasonable doubt because the, the premise here is committing an act that is so eminently dangerous that Chauvin should have known that it was likely to cause death. Given that this was a Minneapolis PD trained use of force and given that force was justified per George Floyd's uh, resistance. I just don't see that. Um, and I think there's a credible argument. Again, it's not even that it's the right one. It's just, I think it pr- provides reasonable doubt that the prone position is actually safer for people who are under all sorts of distress. You don't want people throwing up and choking on their own barf, for example. Um, and I don't believe the second degree manslaughter for culpable negligence was, was shown either, at least beyond reasonable doubt. Again, trained method by the Minneapolis PD. And that's why I think that if you have a problem with the police, uh, tactics, the police uh, strategy here. I think the the proper answer is actually this is a political question to solve with Minneapolis city leadership. That's that's my personal view of this. And of course, I don't believe that anybody is more culpable or that anybody was more negligent or reckless in the death of George Floyd than George Floyd was himself. Now, I understand Minneapolis law says it only had to be a con- or Minnesota law says it only had to be a contributing factor, not the causal factor. I'm not even satisfied that it was a contributing factor beyond reasonable doubt. And I don't believe that this jury cared about honest analysis of those complexities to decide this case in under 10 hours with no questions implies that they had no doubt at all, which implies to me um, that they were either woefully biased or 
intimidated or perhaps both. We'll get to that in a minute. And honestly, if that's the case, I'm not even sure I blame them. As we talked about last week, if I believed, if I had the same perspective I have right now and I was sitting on that jury and I believe that if I raise my points for doubt and if the jury votes to acquit or even there's a hung jury that my family will be the target of a mob, my city will be burned down, what choice would I make? Do I want to throw Chauvin to the wolves? thinking they'll leave us alone for at least a few weeks time, or do I want to take a stance on principle? I would hope that I have would have the courage to do that, but it's not my neck at the guillotine right, right. there. I mean, obviously a, a mistrial should have been declared. Biden opined on this. We have the Maxine Waters thing. There was no way that there was going to be a fair trial. That being said, Nick Fuentes had an interesting take. He said, if Chauvin, uh, you know, goes free, he's just going to be arresting people, arresting your grandma for not wearing a mask at church. I have no <laughs> love for tyrannical police officers. Chauvin was probably a dick. Um, but, you know, why are we wasting all these police resources and all of and all of this emotional energy on somebody like George Floyd? I don't give a shit. Now, the, the only thing that was surprising to me about this, because I knew that this was going to happen, there was going to be no justice, is how incredibly stupid Minnesota law is. The questions I was asking Viva, for, I mean, this thing of calling it a murder because you prove intent in the underlying assault is fucking stupid. It's stupid. Murder means that you have intent to commit the murder. Otherwise, it's manslaughter. I, I understand this now, but it, but I just, it's retarded. This is so dumb. Yeah, um, and then- that's the best argument that I think that um, intellectually honest people are making, and, and Viva will give that full credit, is that um, the compl- the oddities of Minnesota law are so weird that the, there there is a credible argument that this was correctly decided on the second on the felony murder charge. Right. I remain skeptical of that, but the there the argument that he's going to make is well in the application of the law, or the argument that he's going to present at least. The yeah, application definitely. of the law, it's correct. We should talk about that law is probably crap. It yeah, probably should be revised. Which, nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, if we zoom out a little bit, the obvious outcome of this is that people are going to stop being cops, especially good people. And yeah. black communities are going to be self-governed by roving mobs of gangs. And the ensuing black deaths are going to outnumber these supposed police police deaths by like a thousand to one. And they already I do. don't. They, they already do. do. Yeah. yeah. And I don't give a shit anymore. I don't care. I'm, and now I'm supposed to care about all this like black on black crime and black community. I don't I don't give a fuck. I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. This is what everybody wanted. And so my emotional energy and my pity for the black community spent. You people are on your own. You did this to yourselves. I don't care. I am a big fan of people getting what they vote for. And if you want to vote for this, uh, you you get to suffer the consequences as long as we aren't bailing them out. But um Anyhow, I want to talk about uh, there's so many political reactions. I can't go through all of them, but I have to talk about Nancy Pelosi's insane. uh, (laughs) Thank you. It was gratitude to George Floyd for dying. Here's what she had to say. (laughs) Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How, How heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. Eh. I can't breathe. But because of you. And because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. (laughs) Okay. Where do do I even start? First of all, she's admitting to outside influence because of you and because of millions of other people who took to the street. Yeah, we got the justice that we want. That's not justice. That's exactly what our justice system is, is designed to protect against because that's called mob rule, not the impartial application of the law. 
Um, but I, I, I don't think, do you think George Floyd saw himself as a martyr for what she would call social justice? George Floyd is a guy who took too many pills. It's yeah. that simple. George Floyd is a guy who had a heart condition, took too many pills and died. Thank you for sacrificing yourself. He didn't. I don't think he intended to die. And I certainly don't think he wanted to die for some greater political cause of Nancy Pelosi. But I want to emphasize, I know this sounds like just some dumb quote from a politician that's kind of out there. I really do think this is revealing. I think this yeah. this view of, well, if one person's rights are grossly violated as they they view George Floyd's rights as grossly violated, that can be good because it's for the greater good of the political outcome <laughs> that we want. In other words, throw people to the wolves if it produces the greater good that the mob wants. That's not so bad. We should thank them for that. It's not just the context of George Floyd that she would do this. She'll throw your rights under the bus to achieve what she wants too. And you should think about that. Just think about the the principles and the philosophy behind that bizarre old lady masked message. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, the, this alternate juror, I think, reveals a lot, too. So as, there's there's you can reasonably infer outside influence based on all the comments and the threats and the rioting that's gone on. But this alternate juror provided some specific testimony to it. So this this is the only juror speaking publicly so far. Her name is Lisa Christensen. No relation as far as I know. <laughs> spelled differently. Same spelling. Oh, no, it's, spelled spell, it's a little bit different. But coincidentally, she lives in Brooklyn Center where Dante Wright was killed by the uh, mistake tasing the, the the great tasing mistake of 2021 or whatever it was. Um, so so keep in mind, she's an alternate juror who was dismissed before the jury deliberated and made the decision. So she sat in on the entire trial, but she was let go before they were sequestered and made their decision. That said, she still has a pretty good understanding of what the trial was like, what it was like to be a juror. On at that trial, just not sit in the decision making room. But she interviewed with local NBC and says, uh, quote, I did not want to go through rioting and destruction again. And I was concerned about people coming to my house if they were not happy to see the verdict. OK, <laughs> I, I, that might be a commonly shared view on the on the jury. And she openly um, admits uh, in, a, in an interview with with um where she also admits in an interview with uh, national NBC that she said she would have, uh, she agreed with the jury's decision. She would have voted guilty on all counts. Who cares? And, <laughs> Not a jurors. It doesn't matter. Well, she is a juror. She just was uh, released before the deliberation. Okay. Um, but she, she admitted, or she says to national NBC that they asked her what was most persuasive in her view that Derek Chauvin was guilty. So she talks about the prosecution's medical expert, Dr. Tobin, describing when George Floyd died. And she cites the emotional testimony of all the prosecution witnesses of the first week. Christensen lives in Brooklyn Center outside Minneapolis. Not far from where protests erupted following the police shooting death of Dante Wright in the middle of the Chauvin trial. I could hear all the press helicopters. Uh, also, I could hear the flashbangs going on. But she um, says it did not impact her work on the jury. Mind. For her, the prosecution's key witness was Dr. Martin Tobin, the world-renowned pulmonologist who testified George Floyd died due to a lack of oxygen, not drugs or a heart condition. What was so powerful to me is he pointed out when Mr. Floyd actually lost his life. Also crucial, the emotional testimony from the bystanders, especially the younger ones. My eyes started watering and I started tearing up. Everything was so real and so genuine. 
I mean, I, I felt their feelings. I felt their pain. I felt their guilt. Their feelings made it real. Didn't she just say it all? Rioters were threatening my community, but it, it totally had no impact on uh, my decision making or how I felt about the outcome. Why bring it up then? Do we know how many of the uh, deliberating jurors were female? We do. How I, may have it. I may have it on screen right now. Um, before I get to that, though, I just just on her commentary there, the question of when George Floyd died, that's not what the trial is about. The fact that you can watch him die or pinpoint the moment when he died, not what the Irrelevant. trial is about. Okay. How sad were the people who watched it happen? Not what the trial is about. You had to show that Derek Chauvin committed a felony assault or that he had a depraved mind when he was negligent or that he was culpably negligent and being reckless, all of those things. What she just spoke to, none of those are the questions that are actually on trial. And to the point that we've been teasing for a moment, this this is the point where my inner blonde might come out just a little bit. I think there are a couple factors here. Uh, to your question, the 12 jurors who uh, convicted Chauvin, it's not overwhelming, but it was majority female. Seven, seven out of the 12. Okay. Mm. Something to think about. Because... Let me be clear, Susan, I would never say that a majority female jury would be more sensitive to perceived threats or more persuaded by emotional manipulation. Uh, I would never, never, ever imply such things. But um, to the degree that this is uh, promoted on websites like the 19th, uh, 19thnews.org as a great uh, progressive victory that a mostly female jury convicted George Floyd, it's just something that's worth thinking about. But here's another reality. Beyond just that, let me find uh, the polling data here. Okay, the, today polling data was released. Twitter was going crazy about this because fifty-four, only fifty-four percent of Republicans thought that the the Chauvin trial was correctly decided. Forty-six percent didn't think it was the correct verdict. Meanwhile, ninety percent of Democrats said it was the correct verdict. <laughs> they're going after Republicans to say, "Well, they support lynchings that they're racist." Well, to me, this just goes to show that that there is massive groupthink on the left for what is kind of a complex case. I'm pretty firm in my opinion about this, but I can understand the people arguing on the other side for it to be 90, 10. That doesn't mean that your side is morally superior or correct. To me, it just tells you, tells me that you have a lot of group. Yeah. yeah. And it tells me that politics decided your conclusion ahead of time. Now, if you want to know what, what the political breakdown in Hennepin County in Minnesota is, uh, they voted mm-hmm. Biden over 70%. It was over 70-30 for Biden. If you're Democrats, you're going to say that he was guilty almost regardless of the charges or evidence presented. I think this was, you can, you, can, you can tell what the opinion is based on the politics of the person. In fact, here's a quote from the, um, fr- from the uh, Forbes piece on the, on the polling. Oh, what did it say? Something there was something in here about politics being the single biggest predictor of political affiliation being the single biggest predictor of any one person's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or here it is. I have it highlighted. I just can't see because I'm dumb. Political affiliation emerged as the most divisive dictator of opinions on the trial's outcome. If that's true, if politics predict the decision and you're getting a trial in a county that is overwhelmingly Democrat. To what degree was it? decided beforehand you know just something to think about and if you think if you if you uh oh i'm getting ahead of myself where's my i don't have it i don't have it here but uh last thing i wanted to say in closing if you think it can't get any worse 
Just wait till the feds get involved because Attorney General Merrick Garland Garland announced Wednesday that the Justice Department will conduct a broad investigation into alleged abuses at the Minneapolis Police Department, examining whether its officers have a pattern or practice of violating the civil rights of residents. So now we're going to make this a civil rights issue. As I went back and forth with progressives on the other side of this, they kept saying that this was an example of racism. I would ask them how was this a racist case other than the fact that George Floyd is black and that's all they ever had. And now we're going to make this a federal racial issue as well. The feds are going to go into Minneapolis and tell them how to not be racist in their policing. And if your point as many leftists made to me on Twitter is, well, yeah, but you got to understand this would never happen to a white guy. What happened to George Floyd would never happen to a white guy. Google the name Tony Timpa and get back to me. Really? Also, you know, much, a much smaller percentage of white men proportionately are committing crimes like this. Well, it, there are more white men killed by police than black men by virtue of there being more there white being men. more white men. Right. But in term, but there have been a lot of studies on this. If you rate of criminal encounter with the police is the single biggest predictor of lethal encounters with the police. Obviously, of course. Yes. And you commit more crimes. You end up in more deadly encounters with the cops. The response that's always that's always poverty uh, given, or something given yeah. to that as well. Or they're over police. The black communities are over policed. Of course, it's going to happen when you have too because many. there's more crime. And and are we talking about uh, over policing of stealing Snickers bars or are we talking of over policing of murder? Are yeah. we talking over policing of rape? Are we talking over policing of very serious crimes that are happening? I know. <sighs> okay. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we hop into the, uh, interview with mr fry no i hope you guys enjoy it okay well we will get to that interview um and obviously we have a lot of questions about how this verdict played out in the legal technical sense and he's here to answer those questions for us the interview is 18 minutes we will see you on the other side Welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening, YouTuber and legal expert extraordinaire, Viva Fry. Thanks for making time for us. It's much appreciated. My pleasure. I have never been called a legal expert extraordinaire, but I will take the compliment. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You and Robert Barnes, both. I think you both get that title and you are often referenced by our audience Uh, for the legal wisdom and analysis you guys have over on that stream. I know we have a lot of um, uh, appreciators of both. Yeah, a lot of crossover between our show and yours. So I know a lot a lot of people in the audience have been looking forward to it. And so have we. So thanks for coming on. And if ever there was a week that we needed a little bit of expertise in the legal realm, uh, this was the week. So obviously the big story is the Chauvin verdict. And just to just to. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. The Chauvin verdict and, uh, you know, attempted stabbings and all that. But (laughs) the Chauvin verdict uh, mostly um, as far as the Chauvin verdict, what do you think? Did the jury get it right? Did the jury get it wrong? Um, and do you think the jury made their judgment on the facts of the case or on some other factors? That's the biggest issue. Um, the jury got it 
a reasonable conclusion. But th the interesting thing is there was a study, I didn't see the study myself, but you know, you've seen it around uh, just by testing the population. Apparently 70% of people think they got the, the decision right, hmm. which means that 30% think they didn't necessarily get it wrong, but had reasonable doubt, which in and of itself lends to the idea that unless it's you know clean across the board, obvious conviction, there was a there was sufficient reasonable doubt raised in my mind, despite the fact that I, you know, thought he was guilty of something, still think he's culpable of something. But, you know, in the closing arguments from the evidence, they raised what I thought would be enough reasonable doubt, at least in my mind, because, you know, it caused me to question what I originally thought was a foregone conclusion of straight up whatever I saw in that original video. Hmm. Um, but the biggest problem was th the decision could have been what it was. It's the process that was tainted that is going to lead people to believe that even if this would have been the outcome otherwise, the the decision now or the outcome now was tainted by the external pressures of threats of imminent violence and rioting and calls effectively, calls for more rioting from members of Congress, which tainted what might have otherwise been the right. same outcome. Hmm. Yeah, you had that... Uh... You had that alternate juror speaking to that effect. You actually had a lot of uh, politicians and activists saying it's great that we were out in the streets because it produced this effect, sort of tacitly oh. admitting that they that there was some sort of outside influence. Um, and Nancy Pelosi herself said that certain Black Lives Matter activists said that. And then you had this alternate juror. Granted, she wasn't making the decision, but she said, yeah, I was worried about people showing up in my house if I was sitting on the, the jury that well, made the decision and voted the wrong way. No, no, it, it, she was not there in deliberations, but yeah. she was there throughout and right. had a feel for it. But it's, it's, you don't need someone to tell you that, you, you know it. But the fact that she does feel comfortable enough or compelled to say it is, is itself very meaningful. Um, yeah. You have a jury that wasn't sequestered during the trial, knew, you know, try to tell them not to look on social media is like trying to tell someone not to not to pick a scab. I mean, you know that they're going to do it regardless, and there's no way of avoiding it. You can't talk to people. You can't even be on any form of internet platform without necessarily being exposed to it. So the failure or the refusal to change venue, the failure or refusal to sequester, except in deliberations, but by that time, Maxine Waters had already said what she said, you're dealing with a tainted process, or at the very least, the appearance of a tainted process, even if the decision would have been this way otherwise. Now right. you can say that it was an untainted decision by the process. And, and that itself is the problem with the, with the outcome, with the process and going forward, what precedent is it going to set? Hmm. So it sounds, I, I have a question in a few minutes about the, the possibility of appeal and what sort of routes that might take. But before we get there, uh, there are some specific legal questions about this case that I know both blonde and I share as pure layman's that, uh, frankly, don't make a lot of sense. So these might be stupid questions, but you know, they, they certainly me. are. I mean, I, I guess the biggest distinction that everybody's trying to understand uh, when I read the list of um, when I read the indictment, I was like, I, I can't even wrap my mind around uh, around these specific charges. How can they possibly be entertaining any murder charges when obviously there wasn't any any there wasn't any uh, planning or anything like that? It wouldn't. Shouldn't it just be manslaughter across the board? Well, so so here's the deal. Now, I'm a Canadian lawyer. I don't I don't do Canadian criminal law even. Yeah. But th that's not to say I, I know how the law works. I can read the law. I can understand it. And I've heard the explanations from call it the left, although I don't think 
the other uh, YouTube lawyer, Nate Brody, is lefty, but I think he's definitely, he considers himself to be left of myself and Robert, although I don't consider us to be right, but whatever. I've heard the diverging explanations. It was second degree felony murder. Right. And we don't have felony murder that I know of in Canada, but felony murder in the States is if you're in the process of committing a felony and it right. leads to someone getting killed, then you can you have felony murder. And the, the, the classic example, which was what it was intended to cover, was you go to rob a bank. It's felony robbery. Right? Yeah, someone gets shot, a teller gets shot, the cops come in, shoot somebody. That is where you have felony murder in that the underlying felony leads to a death, hence felony murder. Yeah, and this is where I get very confused because how, how do you commit a felony assault that involves no physical injury to the victim of the felony assault? I know that you can... Assault can be a threat, like pointing a gun at a person. You don't actually injure them, but it's still a, an assault. I, I'm confused how how a felony assault was demonstrated and, and the well, attack so, on so the murder charge. Yeah. This, is, this is the issue. Minnesota apparently is an anomaly in the felony murder world of the states mm-hmm. in that in Minnesota, apparently there is no merger doctrine so that if the underlying felony murder is itself a simple assault... Uh, that is indistinguishable from the act itself. So felony murder, typically you'd have, it would be an, a, a distinct felony that leads to a death that would lead to felony murder because yeah. they wanted to typically prevent certain types of crimes or at least punish death that resulted from those crimes. But in this case, when the underlying felony is the assault itself, you effectively through this me- felony murder uh, application of the law in Minnesota, you effectively turn any manslaughter into felony murder because uh, you yeah. cannot... You can't you can't get to manslaughter without there being some assault, which is a felony in Minnesota. Hence, any manslaughter you slap somebody and they you know, and you had no intention of doing anything of the murderous nature. And it leads to them falling over, hitting their head on a, on a bench or whatever. Felony murder, max 40 years in prison. Now, mm. you can get, uh, you know, leniency on, on the sentencing. But apparently, Minnesota just has an absolutely questionably constitutional. But I don't know how you challenge the, the law but they have an insane interpretation or application of felony murder in that the underlying felony does not need to be distinct from the assault itself. So basically any assault leading to a death will be treated as felony murder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you only have to prove the intent with the underlying there, You don't even have to prove the intent of the, Oh, you have to prove the intent of the underlying assault, but not re- yeah, basically, but not that you intended to cause the death. So it's, it's effectively, right. it was effectively easier to convict or to prove and convict on felony murder than it was on the manslaughter because manslaughter, you still have to have the reckless disregard in the act itself. Felony murder, no, it just has to be a felony assault that leads to a death. Bam, you got felony murder, which is why, which is why, you know, from the beginning, I said, understanding what has been explained to me of uh, Minnesota law, uh, setting aside, you know, whether I agree with it, Barnes is vehemently opposed to it. Nate Brody also opposed to it, but says that's the law. Yeah. Setting aside that part, I could understand how it would be very easy to get to the felony murder because all you have to do is prove that Chauvin was a substantial cause in the death through his felonious assault to get to felony murder. Where I thought, and I hadn't even thought about this before because we were only fed one line or one bit of evidence from the from the media, I thought they actually managed to show reasonable doubt on the excessive force. Because yeah, bear in mind, sure. if you don't have excessive force, you don't get to the felonious assault, you don't get to any of the any of the three charges and that's where i said you know maybe they raised a, a, a reasonable doubt on the excessive force because you know it it turns out it wasn't 
atypical policy to use a knee restraint in the prone position. Uh, it wasn't you know, whether or not he should have had his, his knee on him for the extra four minutes when he was unresponsive. Nelson and the defense showed that, you know, the scene was arguably uh, felt unsafe for the cops. It also felt unsafe for the EMS who felt the need to transport uh, uh, George Floyd elsewhere before administering first aid. So I, I, I thought that, you know, in the ordinary run of things, they successfully raised reasonable doubt on the underlying assault itself, which, you know, if it's not excessive force, you don't get anything. But no, I mean, they go and deliberate for 10 hours after a three-week trial yeah. on three charges, which have... Well, yeah, go for it. I wanted to get into that because this is another layman question that I, I know we both share. How do you get convicted of three different ways of killing a guy? And what, yeah. is, the, what is the limiting principle there? That is to say, could could the state invent 50 different laws that I know these, these aren't all the same crime, but they're very adjacent and they were all interpreted into the same case here. Is that common? Is it common to get convicted on different charges for the same crime? Or is this something that's unusual? Yeah, well, I, I couldn't speak to Minnesota law, but I mean, I, I know under Canadian law that typically, you know, you, you don't get convicted of the greater crime and also of the lesser and included crime, but these yeah. were not necessarily lesser and included. These were distinct through very nuanced legal distinctions between manslaughter, second degree uh, felony murder, and it was third degree depraved mind murder. Right. Um, so, you know, but the bottom line is it's it's going to be of no consequence um, in that these are, you know, any sentencing is going to be, um, oh, what's the word, cumulative and not consecutive. So it's, hmm. he's going to go, the only one that was the big one was felony murder because that carries max 40 years as opposed to the others. And so once you're once you get convicted on a felony murder, you're looking at the max sentence under that charge. So the fact that you get convicted on all three in technically three different charges under Minnesota law, but it's going to be cumulative sentencing anyhow, I suspect. So it's not going to be like he gets 30 years for felony murder plus uh, a consecutive whatever for the manslaughter and for the third degree depraved mind. Hmm. It was either manslaughter or murder. I forget. Um, third degree murder. Yeah. Third degree. It was, but it was yeah. depraved mind murder, which is, right. which means that you have to have a frame of mind. But all that to say, you had three very unique legal charges, uh, and you had a set of instructions that almost took more time for the judge to read than it took for the jury to deliberate because yeah. they, they deliberated, they say 10 hours, but I mean, they, they, they adjourned on Monday. They announced the verdict at five o'clock on Tuesday. So, I mean, you know, you didn't even have a full working day to, to get to this deliberation. And it, it was just abundantly clear uh, that based on that it was a conviction on all three, that the decision was made well in advance of any yeah. any court orders. Yeah. I, I was for a second. I said, maybe if they uh, you know, if they came to a deter determination so quickly, maybe they all of them just said, yeah, we don't believe it was excessive force. And boom, all three charges fall. But in the geopolitical climate. Uh, of this trial, I mean, it's uh, they could have come to this determination after maybe you know after having given it a little more thought, asked some questions to the judge. You know, like we have some legal questions. Can you read back part of the trial? What was the question on this piece of evidence? Nothing. Ten hours, bam, across the board, and um, it, it gives the impression that very little consideration went into it, or that the decision had been made. You know, probably from day one. Hmm. So, what, what do you think? What do you think the prospect for appeal is? And if, if they're going to make an appeal, which I assume they will, what would be the strongest case uh, on which to appeal? 
So, I mean, th this is going to be, this is all what has been explained to me because, you know, I, I, I was discovering this along the way as well. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, it's, it's a guaranteed appeal uh, and they're going to go with, I, I, it's tough to, um, on appeal to basically say the jury made a mistake. So they're going to have to go with some legal questions as to whether or not he was, you know, he got the fair trial in the first place. So change of venue is going to be a big issue, yeah. whether or not it was tainted from day one, which, you know. It's it, it, it like Robert and I discussed uh, on our on a, it was a stream on Robert Gruler's channel R and R Law Group. Yeah, there's going to be a challenge on that basis. It's either going to make meaningful case law or it's going to make devastating case law. Because if on appeal a judge says this was a, a good venue, the, it was not tainted from the beginning. You got a fair trial by a jury of your peers. You will never in American law ever be able to justify a change of venue. Never. If this if this does not sour the process to the point where it justifies a change of venue, nothing ever will. Um, but if you but if it's overturned, you know, then the jury gets to say, OK, well, we did our job in terms of avoiding riots and it'll be on a, a judge from the Court of Appeal if they overturn this and order a new trial in a different uh, venue, a different jurisdiction, um, which order, a different venue. But that's that'll be the strongest one. Then you have the judge admonishing Maxine Waters the day before. Yeah. When the, before the jury's deliberated. I mean, that also, it would be the ultimate twisted irony if in all of this, the conviction is overturned and it's because of Maxine Waters and the things <laughs> she said because the politicians <laughs> just can't help themselves. No, no one will blame her. I mean, you know, I, people will riot anyhow, but it would be the ultimate twist of irony if she, through the things that she said, which were over the top, uh -huh. uh, actually result in this being overturned. But I think th that would be the biggest, the biggest issue. There's the issue... From what I understand, they raised an objection on the constitutionality or the legitimacy of the felony murder law itself or the interpretation they're giving. And that's going to be an interesting one as well, because, you know, the, what was it called? The construction of statutes, uh, the canons of construction of statutes. It sounds so beautiful and poetic, but the way you interpret law is you have to interpret law to give it a rational meaning and a logical meaning and in a meaning that doesn't basically contradict other laws. And so the idea here is that the interpretation that the judge wants to give to felony murder under Minnesota law is an absurd reading in that it effectively turns all manslaughter into felony murder, which is untenable. And therefore, uh, you know, maybe there were uh, problems on the law or the instructions on how to interpret it that could warrant uh, a retrial. Well, th that's as far as I understand of the big grounds of appeal, whether or not it's going to be successful, who knows how much politics play, uh, you know, at the appellate level of the court. Justice is human, as they say. Hmm. Well, thank you for all of the insight. That is much appreciated. The time flies when you're learning about the technicalities <laughs> of the law. Um, it, it was it was a sharp learning curve for me because I mean I, yeah. I, I can read the statutes, but it's an amazing thing when you get to pick the brains of of you know incredibly intelligent people and not, yes. you know not yeah. just one or two, but half dozen. Um, and I can digest it and I can hope I can hopefully reformulate it in a way that other people understand because. I, I'm at, you know, I'm at a, a notch down from the lawyers in the States and that I have to digest it myself. So hopefully I sure. can rephrase it, but it's understandable for others. If you would like more of Viva Fry's analysis in the legal world, uh, I've got your YouTube channel linked in the description for people to find. Is there another place that you would like to send people? Yeah, I, 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 I hate Twitter, but I'm on Twitter, the Viva Fry. I'm on okay. Instagram, but people would be shocked if they see the nonsense I post there. <laughs> Nothing law related. Um, yeah, no, but in, in, anywhere on social media, I'm under Viva Fry or the Viva Fry locals, Viva Barnes Law. That's a great platform. You guys are crushing offers, it over there. I'm told you guys have a big community going. 
it's it's massive. It's shocking. Yeah. It's amazing. It's wonderful, uh, and it's it's liberating in the sense that we have discussions on 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 locals. Nothing nothing outrageous. Just where you don't have to worry about saying certain f words, and I'm not talking about the swear <laughs> word that will get you into trouble on other platforms. It was um, liberating so for us to be banned for a week too, as we were. <laughs> yeah, <hours> really. <laughs> well, funniest thing is, I was doing. We did a stream with Robert Gruler, who has been demonetized, and I feel bad for him. Yeah. The only other thing, the funny thing is you just realize, yeah, everybody, you guys can, they can swear now. They can talk about certain things within limits and it's, it's liberating, but it's also penalizing, you know, people yeah. need to be able to live doing what support themselves. But uh, yeah, Viva Barnes Law.locals.com. It's a great, it's a great community. All right. That's our guest, Viva Fry. Thank you for making time for us and our audience. And uh, we'll have you back the next time we have uh, intriguing questions about the, the next legal case. Absolutely. And you guys are due to come on with us for a stream any day. Now, we said we'd do it a while back, but we'll make it happen. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Thanks again to Viva Fry. Appreciate him making time for us. And of course, we will update the George Floyd Derek Chauvin story as it continues, because I highly doubt this thing is over. Uh, we are certainly due for a break. We got to check in with Super Chat if you're ready. I am not never ready. Now Let you're me looking all out of focus, too. Like your camera got crazy what? or something. Yeah, Seriously? like it's a little off. I don't know. We'll we'll deal. Okay. Can you do some uh, Streamlabs while I reload? Yeah. Well, you mean Tippy stream, stream, your favorite, the well-named Tippy Stream. Um, let me see. Over on Tippy Stream, uh, where did I leave off? Oh, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Captain Norway says hello from across the seas with the Republicans uh, tickling Jenner's balls for the run for <laughs> governor. I can't wait to see the opposite the opposition's response what will what will the democrats do now expand the oval office with another president uh or trans uh, trans fauci god emperor trans fauci is a is a big play i think i i think trans yeah is it i don't know what's going on there, there we, we go. go okay yeah i don't know what's going on anyway blonde will be back in her normal studio space next sunday Wednesday, um, actually. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for putting up with our makeshift uh, workspace for now. Um, but yeah, uh, I will be very curious to see how they deal with uh, Caitlyn Jenner politically. My guess is Caitlyn Jenner doesn't get any benefit of uh, being transgender because that's only for transgender Democrats or leftists. But he still has his dick, right? I believe so. So it was just top surgery? I think so, yeah. What, what Phil world? says, nice to see the UK government has its priorities in order. Arresting and questioning Laura Towler's husband for the crime of wanting his folk to have a future. Surprise. I just saw I just saw that this happened like moments ago. Okay, um, so breaking news. The UK had a huge protest about uh, lockdowns over the weekend, too. But I don't know anything about this. Um, I just had Laura Towler on my channel, and apparently she and her husband... Her husband was arrested on three separate charges. They threw out two of them immediately, but just for putting posters up or something, mm. something ridiculous. I'm I'm sure that they're baseless. Their their devices were seized. 
Um, it's a developing story, so we'll see what happens. Surprised they had time since they have to make sure folks are locked at home. Well, I guess that's how you make them convenient to arrest, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> Phil says, have you seen the story about the French generals calling out the French government? Among the issues uh, raised were how the government treated the yellow vests mm-hmm. versus how they treat uh, invader gangs. Not going to lie, <laughs> I'm jealous, and we uh, we have such defenders here. Uh, I have not seen that story at all, but uh, I would I'd like to check it out. So send me a link. Um, thank you, Phil. Frankie Fasthand says idea for the store coasters with the MC logo on them. Also, guys, I think um, I think we never tell Matt how to improve the show. We should do what people think uh, what people think do to cops, and we pay his salary. He'd like that. I think. May God bless you and your families. I wish I had a little bit more uh, customizability with the show merchandise. Unfortunately, because of the, the the third party that I use to make and ship the stuff, I'm limited to what they can offer. But maybe in the future, we can do our own custom stuff. Uh, but for now, I can't do coasters, unfortunately. But maybe someday. Thank you, man. Uh, Phil also says, uh, I got to be careful. <laughs> Phil's getting spicy. Why Phil. do you... Um, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> How about this? Why do progressives feel the need to save urban communities from other urban community members? Just just stand aside and let let these (laughs) environments be free. Uh It would uh be cheaper and more humane than how we currently... how we currently deal with the issue. He's, he's advocating a very hands-off approach to the problem, which I think, uh, listen, as we said, you get what you vote for. If you want, if you want to be uh, no police zone and high crime, uh, you have fun with that. Yeah, really? Phil says, um, I'm just, ready over. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just got a couple more, just a couple good shoves. And the scan, this scando is going to pull out his skull mask and proclaim. <laughs> we will tread. We're, we're basically there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We're getting there. Mike DeWine shit eating grin says on the subject of political polling on the Chauvin trial, there was a margin of error of 23%. Oh, I didn't catch that. So good eye. That's insane. If that's true, check the pick from, uh, a uh, uh, the the Vox reporter, A. Rupar, Aaron Rupar, is that his name? About five hours ago. The bottom of the screen says margin of error plus or minus 23 points. That's insane if that's true. Um, Jeez. For you guys over on DLive at, uh, and Trova, I'm going to get to you in a minute. I'm going to open open the uh, DLive treasure chest. So stand by for that. And what do we got on YouTube? Holden Mulray says, it's unfair to criticize Bill Gates, Bill Gates' involvement in vaccine development. I mean, what is worse? What is the worst that could happen? You need a patch every five days and side effects as your body locks up and has to be rebooted. Hold on. Ah, ah. Stupid computer. I had to hit the D live button thing and it brought up the stream, which yeah, sorry about that. Everybody loves hearing the sound of their own voice. Um, yeah. Well, of sticks says with the anti riot law in Florida is Ron DeSantis confirmed for based and red pilled gives accelerationism, a new meaning gas, gas, gas. I want to step on the gas. Um, I don't know. Didn't he get the vaccine? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I like Ron DeSantis. I can't say I've followed closely. I think he's managed Florida pretty well relative to other states, but I, I just don't know enough to say that I'm enthused about him or not. I'd certainly take him relative to the alternative, but when would I ever take a Democrat? Well, none of this really matters anyway. I mean, we're we're totally screwed. So who cares if he runs? <laughs> he's not the accelerationist candidate we were looking for. He's not. Right. I, I want somebody I want somebody's platform to be burn it down. Can we do that? You're looking for leftist Caitlyn Jenner. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, just joking. Uh, Daniel Kunkel says, I'm surprised Black Lives Matter and Antifa didn't burn down Minneapolis in celebration of Chauvin being con- convicted of killing a junkie who died of an overdose. But there's always the appeal to justify burning a city. I don't think that anything is going to change upon appeal. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mega Flash, um, how many Mexicans does it take to change a light bulb? One. <laughs> P.S. Love you, well, that, that's that's a, so <laughs> that one's um, pretty PG, I think. Susan will allow it. Uh, Boogeyman917, thank you, George. I mean, Jesus, for this meal that you provided for us today. This this uh, idolatry is just incredible to me. It's like, how can they even talk about this? Yeah. Pick better heroes, please, for the loving. Better can, heroes. Can we all agree on that? Even if we think what happened to George Floyd was unjust or illegal or whatever, can we not idolize him? I know. Please? He was a monster piece of shit. Um, no Beard Bill says, thank you, George Floyd, for dying, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. M, yeah, exactly. M yelling, oh, where are you two? Where were you two when you had your first knife fight? We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to that in a minute. Um, I bought PN. Here's something for you to grab. Have a great show. Thank you oh, so thank much. You. We really appreciate it. Mostly peaceful gun owner. He's St. George of House Fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> the second of his name, King the Meth and the Counterfeit $20. Taker of knees and breaker of blue lines for the junkie is dark and full of errors. <laughs> I like that one. That was a good one. Thank you. <sighs> Evan M. Blonde, I'm sorry to hear you've come down with a minor illness. I hope you get well soon. It is in it is that, yeah, minor illness. For which there is no known cure for this generally no known cure. Current relevance. Nope. Um, Chris Sullivan. Hey guys, blonde. So glad you're back and feeling a bit better. Matt, have you seen Weird Science? If not, it's a great movie to watch. If you don't want if you want to see a nude woman go shooting out of a chimney and land in a pond. Love you both. Show your feet, Chris. Uh, Matt will <laughs> never watch it. I can't even get him to watch Tremors. You we'll haven't see. made the list yet. We made a deal, but you haven't made the list. You have to I'm make the list. I'm very lazy. Okay, I'll check I'll off one per week. You make the list. I'll do one per week. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll just Chris. do two more. We love you. Right You're very now. special. Rafael Salvador. Just to rub it in to blonde, my COVID is finally clearing up. Had sore throat, no smell, but I should be uh, off the hospital by the end of the week. Thanks, normal meds. Oh, I'm sorry to go to the hospital. Mm. That sucks. Hope you're feeling better, man. Uh, I decided if even if it gets really bad, I'm not... <laughs> not going to the hospital. Um, Inari, the kitsune says, big yikes from, uh, that Dante Wright died a few blocks from a parent's house and a single block from a nice elderly couple from my church. Man. So they're probably, they were dealing with a lot of chaos uh, recently. I hope that yeah. everything's all right in their uh, part of the country. Yeah, yeah. So let's actually just do two more right now so that we okay. aren't stacked later. Um, based Ungern says, best evidence, Koof Vax doesn't make infertility, doesn't doesn't cause infertility. Hmm. China, the country trying desperately to reverse its low birth rates of uh, glorious Han master race, <laughs> is distributing them in mass. Um, it's not a lot of evidence, but uh, Rainier something Chen. something to think about, though. It they is probably wouldn't self-sabotage in that way. Um, geez, blonde, hope you feel better now that you've caught the Wuhan flu. You look more Chinese than ever. Oh, <laughs> it's really coming out. Okay. All right. Let me mark where we left off and I'm just going to, I got a couple over on D live. We'll hop back into the news. Uh, let's see. Why would this scroll? Oh, here we go. Sorry. Thanks for putting up with my inability to read D live. I wish they'd make it more readable. John Golbani says, uh, my name's not Justin, Matt. Did I call you Justin? I'm sorry. I, I must have misread. <laughs> Thank you for supporting the show. Um, Christopher Pack 
says, thank you, Junkie, for overdosing in police custody to help us push our class warfare and race warfare. Correct. Uh, I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you for passing away to push our political agenda. What a bizarre thing to say, regardless of your politics. I wish people would take notice of that and say, "Mm, I don't know. I I think people's rights are probably more important than the political outcome that you want. But call me crazy. Uh, Chubby Stubby says, dang, Nabbit, um, them thar pimples be making gun toting a crime. For us regular folk, the Wild West pimp carry, I assume you're referencing, uh, also says I'm tired of the left calling it a landmark case in one breath and claiming it's not even a ripple in the pond with the next. It is frustrating. It's like I assume you're talking about George Floyd before the verdict. George Floyd was uh, he wasn't just an isolated case of police misconduct. It was part of a broad system of racism. And this happens all the time. Now that they actually got the outcome that they want. Oh, it's just one isolated case. Now it's yeah. just a drop in the bucket. You can't really say that the system worked. It goes from piece of a system to isolated case, depending on whether they like the way it fits in that narrative. But it shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Chubby Stubby also says, so what Pelosi is saying is that Floyd committed suicide by cop. So Chauvin should be cleared of all charges. Yeah, something to think about. Uh, Air Frank casting a spell on Trovo as well. And Chubby Stubby gifting subs. Thank you guys. Appreciate it much. Let's uh, Let's hop into... Uh, the news, which of course, well, the rest of the news, which of course this week was all about the, um, well, what sort of, uh, what sort of cultural norms, uh, knife fights as teenagers are, I suppose. Yeah. And this story, uh, this story is so crazy to me because for the longest time we have characterized what we're in as a cultural knife fight metaphorically, but I never expected that to manifest itself as a cultural knife fight about cultural knife fights. That is to say, we disagree on whether knife fights are just a part of culture or something to be intervened with. <laughs> so by now you've seen the footage and you know what happened. 911 call uh, went into a Columbus, Ohio police or Columbus, Ohio emergency responders and said a 16 year old, Micaiah Bryant, is trying to stab people. Actually, I should be clear. We don't know who called 911 or who they're referencing about stabbings, but a 911 call goes in at the house at which Micaiah Bryant is at. Someone's trying to stab someone. Cop shows up, sees her trying to do this stabbing and shoots Micaiah Bryant dead moments before she thrusts a big giant butcher knife into another black woman's throat. Yikes. Pretty simple. Um, But before we get to that, I want to back up a little bit because I think there's important backstory on Micaiah Bryant. And uh, it sounds like she's had a troubled upbringing. We don't talk much about this, but this is the place that police were called to is a it's a foster home. home. Yeah. So what what's her backstory? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't find a lot of information on why she was in foster care. Somebody straight up asked police and they said they declined to comment. But um, I think it's safe to assume because she was she's only been in foster care for five months. She was 16. So I think it's safe to assume that either because I couldn't didn't read anything about her father. So absentee father raised in a single mother home Hmm. um, that either her mom lost control of her and put her in foster care because she was so unruly or her mom something happened that made her unfit at that point in time. And so she was placed in this foster home with this woman that takes in teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how this happened. They, they got into a fight about um, doing housework at the foster home. Uh, yeah. Do I have that article handy? Maybe not. I don't, but or it's in the CNN article, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So according to how the, according to the foster mom, this is how the, the incident that ultimately resulted in the attempted stabbing and the shooting started. It was 
Makai Bryant lives in this foster home. Two of the former foster children came over to visit their foster mom or former foster mom. And they were saying, hey, mom doesn't like the house dirty to Micaiah Bryant. And somehow that escalated up. She said something like, you're not my real foster mom or whatever. And they they fought and yeah. it ended up in, a, in some sort of physical fight that included a knife. The police get caught. And of course, you've seen the body cam footage or most people have. I'm not sure I can even show it. But uh, just there's been a lot of doubt too. oh, the police officer didn't do his job. He showed up and he just his immediate reaction was to shoot. He should have done this. He should have done that. Well, there are now multiple angles too that show um, exactly what happened. And uh, it, through this, through this second angle, you can see Micaiah running through multiple people with this knife screaming, I'm going to stab the fuck out of you, bitch. And ignoring police commands before she shot. You can also hear the surviving girl telling a uh, police escort. Yeah, uh, she was trying to stab me. That's, that's what just happened. <laughs> Police officer shows up. Here she comes in, top of frame. And that's where the shots happen. And then this is the girl in pink who was almost just stabbed in the throat. She's walking with a police escort here and explaining what happened. She came out at you with a knife earlier? No, she just, that's what the, that's what the police that, did. That she, came the up, she came after me. With a knife? Yeah, so she, so he got her. Man. Okay. This guy's a good shot. Uh, yeah. Well, not good enough to shoot her in the leg or to shoot oh, the on. knife out of her hand. He was whatever. A, an army sharpshooter, wasn't he? He had a mil- he has a military marksmanship background of some sort. That's what was good. reported. He saved that girl's life. She was going to get her throat slit. Yeah. 100% saved a black woman. Looks like to be a young black woman, former foster child of this mom, foster mom, presumably late teens, early 20s, something like that. But yeah, her life was saved by this police officer. And But we're going to obfuscate the facts as much as we can. And we're going to blame everything and everybody except for Micaiah Bryant and Micaiah Bryant's parents that uh, created this situation. So the first thing, obviously, is we're going to blame the cop. Uh, the, the cops should have just shot in the air. Uh, both Juan Williams and Joy Behar said this week, that's what the cops should have done. You should have fired a warning shot straight up. She was a very lovely... Oh, wait, sorry. I, I got I got ahead of myself. I'm, uh, this is Micaiah... Back it up. Back it up. This is Micaiah's real mom, biological mom. Is she, and, what is she, like 30? Uh, well, she, she, to me, looks like she could be 16. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, a couple things on obfuscating the facts here. Micaiah Bryant's biological mom says Micaiah is, is peaceful. She promotes peace and she's very motherly. She was a very loving, peaceful little girl. She was 16 years old. She was an honor roll student. Micaiah had a motherly nature about her. She promoted peace. And that's something that I want to always be remembered. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was a mostly peaceful attempted stabbing then. <laughs> yeah. And then you had um, you had NBC News. They were very crafty in their presentation on Tuesday. They they stopped showing the body cam footage right before the knife becomes visible. And then they clipped the 911 call. So it mentions nothing about a knife. A police officer shot and killed a 16 year old black girl in Columbus, Ohio, saying she was threatening others with a knife. The Columbus, Ohio police officer responding to a call gets out of his car and seconds later fatally shoots the 16 year old girl. Stop. 
Authorities say Bryant was threatening two other girls with a knife. Officer Nicholas Reardon, who joined the force in December of 2019, was responding to a 911 call. We need a police officer here now. Police say they were responding. Okay, here's the other portion of the 911 call they didn't include. To a 911 call about someone who had a knife. These girl girls over here trying to fight us, trying to stab us. So instead of being factually demonstrated, it just becomes police say she was trying to stab. Fucking Lester Holt. God. Police say. Yeah. Police claim. Allegedly. Yeah. And then, uh, as I mentioned, okay, so now we shift blame to the cop to Juan Williams and Joy Behar. Why don't you you just shoot in the air or shoot her in the leg or something like that? Well, I guess I would shoot the gun, not necessarily at somebody, but maybe shoot the gun and maybe, you know, run at the person and try to disarm them. I I don't know. I mean, so wait, 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 you would shoot the gun in the air like a warning shot? Not well, hopefully to distract or to try to stall or something so I could get or my partner Uh, could get the the knife away. I see is what I was saying. I don't know. Um, shoot the gun in the air as a warning, tase a person, shoot them in the leg, shoot them in the behind. You know, stop them somehow. But if the only solution is to kill a teenager, there's something wrong with this. There's something very, very wrong with the way these things are being conducted. Even if the cop (laughs) had to do it, there's something wrong with it. Even if the cop had to do it. Did she really just say, like, shoot that teenager in her giant, fat, black ass? (laughs) We're going to get that... You can't say that either. That Joy, Joy Reid is going to get you for that one. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you should have aimed for the meaty part of that butt is what you should have <laughs> done. Um, no, but seriously speaking, you don't shoot rounds without an understanding of where they're going and why you're shooting them. You don't shoot rounds willy nilly into the air because you have no idea what they could hit. Where what they could you hit, right? You only shoot rounds at things you intend to hit and you aim <clears throat> center mass because you have the highest probability of hitting there. This is basic stuff. But you don't have to explain that to people who have no experience with firearms or law enforcement or anything of the sort. Um, now, but with Joy Reid, like you said, she said, um, well, even if the cop had to do this. Uh, had this, to do it. Okay. Yeah. Even even if the cop had to do this, this is a this is a bad thing to happen. Okay. But if the cop had to do it, had no choice, then why is it a bad thing that had to happen? Is it because of a terrible family situation that led to this? Is it because of a lack of supervision or a lack of um, any sort of parental figure to give her proper guidance in life? What if it's a situation that had to be responded to in this way? You must acknowledge the role in the parents and. You know, she's she's not a child. She's 16 years old. In many cases, people who are who who commit crimes at 16 are tried as adults. You guys want Kyle Rittenhouse strung up by his nuts for being 17. So if you say that, well, this is a terrible, unacceptable situation, you must acknowledge who's responsible for that situation. I know that it's racist to do that, but Joy Behar would have to. I know what I understand about this is, you know, good people, upstanding citizens die every day. Nobody gives a shit. But we have to cry all these tears over this girl that's about to stab somebody to death and george floyd like i I just don't have the emotional energy to give a shit about these people i don't there there was another 13 year old uh, black girl who was stabbed to death by another black girl in another i think it was another part of ohio but it was this same week and and i didn't even hear about that as far as the wisdom of the tactics of shooting in the air do you think a warning shot would have stopped this knife from being thrust into the the girl in pink she didn't care that the police were there so why would she care yeah 
And tasers, you're at a distance there. You got to land two prongs as we've seen in many cases. Tasers don't always incapacitate a person. In fact, especially often, not a fat black chick. We've seen that before recently. <laughs> Wait, tasers are tasers are racially effective. They or they have super resistance. They do. No, you yeah. re, you remember that video of that uh, that fat black chick that's like and the fat cop and she's like, no, don't shoot me or whatever. Actually, that is true. That was car. the case. Um, that was the case the where the cop got anything. shot. And there was yeah. a lot of speculation. Like, did she have a fat insulation layer? They prevented- both did. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually. The cop did too. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the science on that. Now. Uh, as far as what else we can blame, we're going to blame all of society because we as society, we make quote unquote, big black girls into adults. This is the claim of uh, journalist or author and professor Brittany Cooper on Joy Reid's MSNBC show. That this is never what the argument for the movement for black lives has Woo-hoo. been is that you just get to kill black people, particularly when they're not being perfect. What are we going to do about the way that we don't understand black girls as girls? Micaiah Bryant was a child like Tamir Rice was a child. And the way that she has been talked about as this, you know, because she was a big girl. Right. And so people just see her as the aggressor. They don't see her humanity. They have adultified her. We turn black girls into grown women before they even are able to vote okay then uh first of all don't don't let 16 year olds vote if that's if that's the problem there uh <laughs> they're acting like like adults they're engaging in in violence like like they're old gang members or something like that they're sexually active they're having kids at younger ages it's like well, well, act like an adult and you're gonna get treated like an adult well and and not being perfect is a hell of a way to characterize attempt. <laughs> yeah really murder. we kill them for not being perfect <laughs> not being perfect it's amazing how uh they they get you get so upset as, at a death which uh, yeah of course like we don't want deaths we don't want people being killed that's the whole point but we're we're jumping to every length possible to excuse the attempted true, murder. Well, it it does seem that there's a lot of preference for which lives they seek to protect in a lot of their their rhetoric. Yeah, uh, I'm happy this chick is dead because that other chick that didn't deserve it is still alive. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's the situation that she created by trying to murder someone, and that's the <laughs> that is the just outcome. I'm sorry, it is. That is, it's regrettable. You don't want to see it, but that is the just outcome. When you threaten the life of another person, you sacrifice your own right to live. They have a right to defend themselves. Someone else has a right to intervene to stop that injustice. It's not pretty. Nobody likes to see it happen, but we have to be realistic about who caused this uh, circumstance, who's responsible for it, and who paid the price, justifiably so. Nobody likes to see it happen. Are you joking? I watched that video like 40 times. It was something viscerally satisfying about like seeing somebody get what they deserve it's like street justice well you'd rather the whole thing never happened i guess is what i'm saying fine okay yeah. all right we can agree on that um so now we this, this is where it got so bizarre because we're also going to blame <laughs> cultural misunderstandings all right knife fights are a normal part of a certain cultures i suppose is the argument here um this was just a cultural difference it wasn't attempted murder and the argument was, you know, who hasn't had a few knife fights in their day? Um, this was uh, uh, activist uh, Bree Newsom who tweeted. Um, well, actually, let me get back to Joy Reid. Joy Reid first, because Joy Reid said again on her MSNBC show, well, "Who hasn't had a who hasn't had a schoolyard knife fight? It happened to me all the time, and the teachers just broke it up." I was saying on on my Instagram earlier, I remember fights in in even high school or even younger than that, where a kid brought a pen knife or something to school and teachers were able to defuse that. They didn't have guns. Well, uh, minor point, but does that look like a pen knife to you? 
In other no, words, a pocket knife? it was knife? a friggin' butcher knife. It's, it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay, so, but, th- but this went on and on. So we have um, activist Bree Newsom who tweeted, teenagers have been having fights, including fights involving knives for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up on the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Then why did one of the knife fight participants call the police? If you don't need police showing up on the scene, well, why did someone call them? I know. I mean, I agree with Bree Newsom about some things. And, and one of the things is that <laughs> black people should be policing their own communities. I think this is going to be hilarious. And there will be uh, plenty of stuff like this. That just no police period. Just, uh, just no, volunteer yeah. vigilante police. We'll go with that. Um. Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen is going to be incredibly obvious to everybody. Uh, and what they're going to do is say that white people are responsible for all the ensuing black crime because they abandoned the black community. Uh. Yeah. That does seem to be the constant. I won't. I won't be surprised to see it portrayed that way. Yep. Uh, Kathy Griffin. Who knew that Kathy oh, yeah. Griffin had so much street uh, street cred with her knife fights? She says, uh, yeah, one of them had a knife. Oh, that never happened to you in your school or neighborhood. She didn't deserve to die 16 years old to, to be as to give as much credit to to Kathy Griffin as possible. She has been um, normalizing knife fights for or at least knife violence for several years now. So maybe maybe she's legit. <laughs> but okay. uh Former Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett said much the same. Um, Micaiah Bryant was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight demand accountability. There was accountability. The person threatening to kill someone with a knife didn't. I'd call that accountability. Valerie Jarrett of I didn't know the bitch was black fame. (laughs) That Um, was great. How can I reference how can I reference Roseanne's tweet without getting in trouble? Uh, hmm. Well, we'll just move on. Look up Roseanne's tweet. It was a good one. <laughs> it was good. The funniest part of all of this reaction um, was, was with LeBron James, though, and his misinformed, irresponsible tweet on Wednesday. He tweeted a picture of the responding officer, and he said, you're next, hashtag accountability. And he got roasted for this. Uh, and he f- deleted the tweet a few hours later. But the funniest, funniest part was not just what LeBron said. As I mentioned, OJ Simpson made a Twitter video telling LeBron to wait for the facts on stabbings. Here's OJ. I'm a fan of LeBron. I admire the work that he's done, how he's helped his community and how he's helped his friends. Uh, and how he's been fighting all of these social issues, especially that of systemic racism in the legal system but sometimes you need to take your time and be a little more patient before you comment on some of these um um bad incidences that are happening with police departments from what i saw when i saw the full tape the police um guy had no choice i'm just saying oh man oj has to be one of our greatest trolls he he, there's no way he's not self-aware when he's doing this i don't know i think he's just a narcissist and people, <laughs> to some degree, have forgiven him. He has a massive social media following. He does. Uh, people like these videos that he posts. And uh, anyway, uh, that uh, I, I, do, I was not expecting that this week. OJ lectures people about waiting for the facts on stabbings. That was a, a fine piece of entertainment. But uh, the only guy Yikes. trolling harder, maybe trolling harder than OJ, is this cop in Washington, D.C. There was a protest uh, there about all this Black Lives Matter stuff. And a protester asked the cops if they're going to kill him like they did to Micaiah Bryant. 
Check out the uh, police response. Oh, y'all gonna kill me like Makai Bryant? Fuck. Are you gonna stab somebody like her? No. Okay. She, but she called y'all for help. The <laughs> fuck is you talking about? Get your goofy ass. I can't. And you just said that on camera. This shit going viral. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did it go he, viral? Good. He did post that, I think, himself, thinking it made him look good. Perfect response. You're gonna, you gonna stab me like Makai? Well, I don't know. Are, are you gonna shoot me like Makai? I don't know. Are you gonna stab someone like her? <laughs> no? Then no. Oh, this is going viral. I think it did, it, it went viral, but for different reasons different than the reason. guy posting it expected. All right. As far as what's going to happen next here, um, uh, Officer Nicholas Reardon, who shot Micaiah Bryant, has been placed on leave pending investigation. I can't imagine discipline or charges coming for him, but this is clown world. So I. Yeah. Who knows? We, we shall see. Um, according to Micaiah Bryant's cousin speaking with uh, Insider. Uh, this cousin and her mom and Micaiah's biological mom, Paula, are considering legal action, but they did not specify who the family would be taking legal action against or a timeline for those plans. Knife manufacturers. I'm tired of their immunity, just like the gun industry. They shouldn't be able to manufacture these weapons of war Agreed. and get away with it. Yeah, we have to no go after more them. chopping onions for any of you people. But of course, as we saw in uh, in Minneapolis, um, you, you can like the family of George Floyd, you can bring a civil suit against the city. And if the city is on your side, yeah, sure. Here's $27 million, even though yeah. you yeah. do not deserve this in any way. And who cares? Cause it's the taxpayer's money. I, I, I don't expect this cop to be in trouble. Would I be shocked if the city paid this family because, uh, no, actually that wouldn't shock me. $27 million. We shall see. Uh, yeah, George Floyd would have made. He was going to be the next Walter White. That's how he was going to get his $27 million. Had it not been for the meddling of Derek Chauvin. All right. I have just a few. Let's just finish up our topics before we get back to chat. Because um, I just have a few coronavirus topics. We have a couple hoax hate and then a, a surprise cringe return for you. Okay. I'm excited about. Um. I did want to, this, this clip is actually from la, uh, on the coronavirus topics. Uh, this clip is actually from last Sunday when Dr. Fauci was on CNN Sunday morning show, but it's a truly amazing one. So I, I wanted to play it. Dr. Fauci, of course, has this incredible gift for saying totally contradictory things and presenting them as sensible. So flip flopping on masks or him saying you, you need to trust the science, but also I'll admit to you that I've been shifting the goalpost on herd immunity numbers to get <laughs> yeah. you to go along with what I want you to do. So he takes contradictory things, presents them as sensible. This is the first time I can remember where he takes something totally sensible and presents it as though it's a contradiction or in his words, a paradox. Here's Dr. Fauci. It's almost paradoxical that on the one hand, they want to be relieved of the restrictions but on the other hand, they don't want to get vaccinated. It just almost doesn't make any sense. So he's talking about people who don't want to be vaccinated and also want their freedom back. That doesn't make any sense. How, oh, that's, a, that's a paradox. Well, it's only a paradox if you think that freedom is something to be given by you, that you own it. Exactly. And, and logistically, what about all of the people that have already had coronavirus that don't want to take the vaccine for obvious reasons? Yeah. There's a very simple um, way to square that. Uh, people like freedom and the personal autonomy to make decisions for themselves, whether it's lockdowns or whether it's vaccination. There, yeah. I squared it. What a paradox. I know, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, okay. Uh, Texas uh, continues to baffle the propaganda outlets. 
because these uh, journalistic enterprises are trying to explain why the state that ditched its mask mandate nearly two months ago hasn't seen this corona apocalypse, this impending doom they all forecasted. And not only that, but all metrics, as far as I understand, are down in Texas. Uh, hospitalizations, cases, deaths across the board, down. So the Today Show tried to explain this. And they say, actually, people are wearing masks in Texas. It's just businesses and individuals are doing it voluntarily. And uh, and that's why it's still working, despite the lack of a mandate. So we heard that in Texas, where they don't have a mask mandate, they didn't actually see a rise in cases. So why do you think that is? Daily cases down 58 percent since they dropped the mask mandate. Hospitalizations down about 48 percent. And the thinking is it's a combination of factors. First of all, it's warmer in Texas. More people are going to be outside. You've had so many people who've had COVID. They've got antibodies. You've got a lot of people who've been vaccinated now. So resistance is building, but also individual cities may require them. Specifically, businesses are saying you can't come in without a mask. And so a lot of people are still wearing the mask, trying to do the right thing, when they're especially when they're inside. And all of that contributes to the lowering of the cases. How preposterous. Maybe it's just that masks don't work at all. Yeah, that's the simplest explanation. There's no correlation between spread deaths and there's no correlation across states or countries between mask mandates and outcomes it's made up the the bait the science the they always reference is tests on lab dummies with aerosol and theoretical situations not real people in real life but to try to square this logic uh people wearing masks by choice and not by mandate in texas is partly why numbers are down in texas but People wearing masks by compulsion in New York or Michigan is a mystery where cases have increased or at least have in recent weeks. Right. Now, even if I granted that logic, which I don't, it shows that mandates are worthless and personal <laughs> freedom and individual choice are better. Yeah. You what must grant that. Uh, and then he also mentions, oh, antibodies. Antibodies are behind what's driving this down. Okay. So at least in this particular way prior exposure to coronavirus was good right but how did they get that exposure to coronavirus because you just told me that they chose to wear masks or had a mandate prior to that how is it that they developed these antibodies even though they're choosing or mandated by the state to have this impermeable or at least greatly reducing exposure the the exposure to right right then why are you still trying to vaccinate people how about that um if that's if if having the virus is going to confer immunity in the future, and then why the the obvious this begs the question: Why don't we all just voluntarily infect one another when we are known to have coronavirus? Because uh, that is against the recommendations of the WHO, Susan. That's why this would be uh, over by now. God. Well, they also he references vaccination in there, too. Oh, vaccination has been rolling out. Okay, that's true in all states, not just Texas. And you can't say that Texas is doing especially well with vaccination driving down the cases because it isn't. It's ranked 44th out of 50 states in vaccine distribution per capita. Vaccination does not explain this. Yeah. But again, we can't can't conclude the obvious answer that masks don't do jack shit. Um. We can't just say that we have to wrap our mind in these bizarre ways and jump through these hula hoops because that's the unfalsifiable premise. We will always uh, we we have to uphold that one um, because it's uh, it's basically a political mantra at this point. And the way that you fight off political mantras or political aggression in that way is with counter political aggression. And 
uh, there was a there was a mom in um, Georgia who went viral this week for speaking up at a school board meeting and telling these people, listen, we're done with this mask shit. Take these masks off my kids and do it now. We have three vaccines. Every adult in the state of Georgia that wants that vaccine is eligible to get it right now. And every one of us knows that young children are not affected by this virus. They're not. And that's a blessing. But as the adults, what have we done with that blessing? We've shoved it to the side and we've said, we don't care. You're still going to wear a mask on your face every day, five and six-year-olds. You still can't play together on the playground like normal children, seven and eight-year-olds. It's April 15th, 2021, and it's time. Take these masks off of my child. And I know what I'm going to be met with. But Ms. Taylor, the CDC, we did not vote for people at the CDC. We elected the five of you. We chose you to make difficult decisions for our children. We- hey, girl. Clap, clap. All right. Yeah. yeah I, 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 she's obviously getting a little bit emotional there. But the other side of this is we've had people emotionally shoving this in our faces for a year now. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit of emotional shoving back. Uh, I'm coming to realize that yeah, I, w- yeah. I want to be left alone. Just shut the hell up. Leave me alone. I'll go about my life. If you think I'm dangerous, stay away from me. It doesn't work with these people. They compulsively have to control you. And the only way to stop them is to meet their force with a little bit of force. I get it. And I applaud yeah, her that's courage. some female emotional, like an emotion I can get behind. It's, right? uh, it's, it's yeah. motherly instinct. I like that. I respect that. And I think she's, she's doing a good job to take that fight publicly in a way that uh, not a lot of us have the courage to do. So good for her. Um, but keep things moving. Let's talk a little hoax hate. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. (laughs) Ah, shit. It's backwards. You think they'll notice? I had to read this story like five times to even understand what the hell happened. See if you can explain it to me. Okay. So first of all, is this guy's name actually Jesus? Because if it's Jesus, his last name is Sanders. Yeah. Well, and he's he's not Hispanic. He's black. So. Right. So I think this guy's name is actually Jesus Sanders. Um, he's lived in this neighborhood off Acres and Wilson Road on Colleen Street for five years. He says vandals targeted his home on Thursday after neighbors told him that they want him and his family gone. So on Saturday night, the Bakersfield Police Department said that the vandalism uh, to the home and the truck trailer, that that it wasn't reported to them. I also had to read this many times. But early Saturday morning, took a report of the truck and trailer being stolen from the home. And then police said that a third party alerted them to the vandalism at the home and the racial slur to the trailer. So unrelated events? Well, the way I interpreted this is that his truck was both vandalized and stolen. And stolen. But he he right. or someone on his behalf called the police to say just the car was stolen, not vandalized. Here's the news story. See if you can make sense of this. A man identifying himself as Jesus Sanders has lived on Colleen Street <laughs> for five years. He told law enforcement vandals targeted his home Thursday night after neighbors told him they want him and his know. family gone. He did not report the incident to police at the time. My house is spray painted. My truck has the N-word spray painted all on it. Inside my house, there's paint everywhere outside. And I'm like, who would do something like this? Police say they did not find any evidence of vandalism inside his home this morning. Meanwhile, Sanders says he's 
fears for his safety. But that's not the end of the story. He reported a different crime to police last night. They came back and busted the window out and stole the truck and the trailer. And it was sitting right across the street there. Come out, windows, glass all on the ground, truck gone, everything is gone. Nope. Wait, they, they stole the truck and then parked it across the street? This is further complicating my confusion. He found the truck on... This is a different report that I hadn't seen. I, I only linked it a little bit before the show. He found the truck the truck on Bell Terrace Avenue with a racial slur spray painted on it. So I, he has it back in his possession? It was stolen and like left on the street side but vandalized? Uh, I mean, the classic line... I, I was just standing there wondering who could do such a thing. I don't know. Maybe it was the the neighbors that you said they want you gone now. Uh, who are the neighbors who threatened you or at least said they want you out? That would be a good starting point. Who are they? Why won't you identify them? Huh? Uh, there was another report. Okay. So this is where it gets weird is there was a report on <laughs> that, social that's media. Where it gets weird. Sorry. This is one of the many places it gets weird. There was a report on social media not by Jesus Sanders, but by someone else who said that he had reported this hate crime to the police, but the police were ignoring the hate crime. And the police said, nobody said anything about a hate crime. We received a report of a vehicle theft, but there was no mention of uh, racial graffiti or something like that. So how this was reported is also confusing. Did Jesus Sanders call the cops? Did someone else call the cops? Who's informing the police? And if it's not Jesus Sanders, who the hell is it? And I looked for a, the only thing I can say in Jesus Sanders defense is that I looked for a GoFundMe and I didn't find one. So it doesn't appear that he's trying to cash in. He wants um, that street cred. He, he, he has an alibi though. It, he didn't do it himself because you, the first sentence of this other report I found, Jesus Sanders says he was out feeding the homeless on Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday evening. <laughs> he couldn't have done it. He was out feeding the homeless. Yikes. Find the hobo that got a sandwich from Jesus Sanders on Tuesday night. I need to know. And if if that hobo exists, I will clear Jesus Sanders name. He was just getting a Subway sandwich. That's all. It's a classic alibi. Yeah. Yeah. There's also this case out of uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. It's uh, I believe it's Viterbo. Viterbo College, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, apology for anyone in La Crosse if I'm butchering it. But at this um, university in La Crosse, Wisconsin, a student is accused of starting a fire in her dorm on April 18th and framing it as a hate crime. Victoria C. Unanka was released on a signature bond Monday after La Crosse police arrested her for arson and negligent handling of burning materials. <laughs> At 2.30 a.m. on the 18th, the La Crosse Fire Department responded when campus security personnel reported the fire. There was a, quote, fair amount of smoke and damage, and the building needed to be ventilated, but the fire was not severe enough to activate the building's sprinkler system. La Crosse PD says Yunanka was identifiable on surveillance video. She left her um, room at 2.09 a.m., uh, she left her room at 2.09 a.m. and could be seen glancing around and checking the area for other people. She was then off camera for a little while, and then she knocked on multiple residents' doors and pulled the fire alarm. Yunanka texted a friend and said that she was potentially a victim of another hate crime incident because the fire was started uh, next to her dorm room. Now, another hate crime incident. We'll get to that in a minute. But you can take a clue there, obviously. She told police that she had been out with friends that night and had not noticed anything suspicious around the dorm. But of course, she was um, she was apparently unaware she was caught on surveillance cameras. So after being called out on that by police for her inconsistency, she 
confessed to police in a way. She said that she wanted to intentionally start a fire in the lounge by turning on a stove and leaving it on. But then she had a change of heart and no longer wanted to start a fire. And she went to clean up the stove with paper towels, but the paper towels caught on fire and she put burning paper towels in the garbage can, which caused the smoke that caused the fire report and ultimately got her caught. Huh. She told police that she was frustrated that no one was listening to her anymore. Again, that's revealing. That implies people were listening to her once upon a time. Um, this is the twist in the story. The surveillance cameras that caught her were recently installed after reports of racist and threatening graffiti. She was also part of major campus protests in response to these several racist graffiti incidents. Now, the reporting on this is a little bit unclear. I'm connecting the dots in the phrasing because they don't outright say this is the bitch who made up the graffiti <laughs> in the past. But this, the headline here and the first story, uh, Viterbo student who reported racist incident, who reported racist incidents accused of starting fire. Okay, so some of these past graffiti incidents or racist hate crimes, she was the one who reported them. And this is a this is the most recent story that I saw from March 25th. A, a, a student, a, a black student in the dorm reported that someone wrote a uh, graffitied on her dorm door, uh, quote, your your ugly black girl. I'm not joking. <laughs> that's, what, that's what someone someone wrote on the door, I guess. But anyway, to to summarize it, this chick has been faking hate crimes across campus for uh, potentially a few months now to the point that the attention caused the school to install surveillance cameras in the dorm where this was happening, I guess unbeknownst to her, which ultimately got her caught in the act of originally trying to burn down the dorm and make it a hate crime, but having a second thoughts, but being so incompetent that you actually kind of started a fire anyway. Ugh, God, what a mess. We need more funding for universities, clearly, is the answer to this. We need more tax dollars to uh, solve this problem. You're ugly black girl. I'm not joking. <laughs> if you're going to sit down and invent the whole thing, uh, can we yeah. at least get a little uh, intrigue in the writing? Yeah. Yeah. We need editors for hoax hate. We need some we need editing process. Yeah. Maybe hmm. Juicy Smollier can... He was pretty good, though. The um, the rope around the neck was a nice touch. Like, I, I liked it, yeah. I didn't want to alter it, so I got this tiny, what, like, quarter-inch thick rope that probably yeah. wouldn't even hang a person anyway, and I sat there eating my Subway while it was still around my neck. That was a little more dedication. <laughs> okay, I have some surprise cringe for you. I hope that it's funny and not, uh, not like the world-destroying kind, but you might have seen this one this week. Check it out. You wanna party with a fat bitch? Even though sometimes you're a cap bitch. <laughs> time you spend with me, you'll be time well spent. And if I get on top, you know I'm leaving a dent. No, you wanna party with a fat bitch? Buy me diamond thingy named Brand Chips. Time you spend with me will be time well spent. And if I get on top, you know I'm leaving a dent. I'm a big bad dick, but big dreams daddy. Two minutes with me and you'll be calling me daddy. Might not pass the presidential fitness test, but notify your next of kin, I'll put you to rest. Whiny little dude I'm concerned for your health. And think about my backles while they're touching themselves. They comment, I legitimately thought this was John Candy. Then whisper my name as they start to get randy. Oh, did God. you did you look into the context of what this is? Uh, was it like a party for fat people? Kind of. 
I, I had to dig a little bit on the internet. I couldn't, I, there were several posts of this, but I couldn't find out where did it come from. Thankfully it had the TikTok watermark on it and I was able to track down the account and look through it. So it's from this TikTok account. I don't I don't know if the song is called, do you want to party with a fat bitch? But that's a great title for the song. I'm going with it. The TikTok account is at BBW uh, uh, paradise. I wrote it wrong in the notes here. BBW Paradise, but pear is like the fruit pear. BBW Paradise, which I gather. So I, I was watching TikTok videos and reading the description and trying to figure out what the hell this is. What I gather is it is a fairly well-off man who you can see. Let me get. Let me see. This this is the guy. Okay, I get a good well, whatever. I don't want to play through all of these, but you got this guy in the front here who's a fairly well-off computer chip developer who lives in Las Vegas. And I gather he has converted his home into some sort of retreat slash camp like place for fat chicks under the, the premise of body positivity. This is a place where women who feel like they've been shamed for their size can gather and uh, not be, um, not be discriminated against, not be made fun of, those sorts of so things. So he's a chubby chaser? and so I should have saved the video, but there's a particular video where he says, body positivity is not a fetish. He's very clear about that. But it seems like this is basically a camp for him to <laughs> import women of size to satisfy his particular likings. I'm speculating. That is not stated. Um... Of course, BBW in the name stands for Big uh, Beautiful Women. And many of the videos have a certain sexual theme, including this one. Some of the lyrics are, if I'm on top, there's going to be a dent or, you know, there's going to be a dent. Um, they they see my back rolls and start touching themselves or whatever the lyrics were there. There's a, there's a lot of sexualized content on the channel, though he denies it's anything sexual. May God smite us all. That's all I can say about that. I honestly think this is a fat polygamy camp. I think that's what this is. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I'd seen it. And Thank I, you, Telegram folk. I'm going to... I Listen, um, BBW Paradise Man is invited to explain how I've totally mischaracterized him on this show anytime. But I think that this is a guy who has a certain affinity for women of size. And these are women who maybe appreciate the attention. So they show up and uh, have mutual arrangements Gross. that's my speculation it's a bizarre it's a bizarre account again at bbw paradise if you want to see <laughs> all right <laughs> uh that's it that's all i got catch up with chat and call it good you want to start on youtube or you want to start uh, start elsewhere? yes and do you know what i forgot to mention to you um hmm. next week is five years of the show is it the anniversary uh-huh Wow. Uh, what are we going to do? We should make a special occasion of it. Should we? Five years. Should I be proud or should I feel like I've done, I should have done more? <laughs> no, I'm Half very proud. Half a decade. Half the, a decade. I'm very proud of what we've built in terms of a show, uh, the show and the community, of course. And if you would ask me when I sat down to do this, will this be sustainable for five years? And will you want to do it five years from now? I don't know that I would have said yes. That would be, <laughs> you just don't have that kind of expectation for things. Yeah. You know, things on the internet are really difficult to, there's just a show like this is very difficult to maintain. It's not easy to do. And um, 
to have an audience that's so loyal, that's not easy to achieve either. So thank you guys for making it the success that it is. And I, it's become so routine to me that I don't even think about milestones like that. I just, yeah. Every, every week, this is what I do on Sundays period. And, um, I hadn't thought about, yeah, I just hadn't thought about the anniversary. Thank you. Now I feel like I have to do something special next week. Well, okay. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. I, I just think it's crazy. I mean, five years. Hmm. Five years. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, Zoom gadget says blonde is ill because she's low on vitamin D. I'm not low on vitamin D. Get that sun. I know. Uh, Long Don John says, hey, who's looking forward to seeing Kyle Rittenhouse sitting on death row for self-defense against the mob? Not me. But after the Chauvin verdict, I learned to set the bar low so you can only be positively disappointed. Uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case is even more clear to me to, to call what happened. Their murder is so insane. But again, this is clown world. I will never ignore that factor going yep. forward. And uh, I shouldn't have done it this time. So we shall see. Knuckle hunky, but congrats to blonde for beating the odds and becoming one of the rare 99.96% to survive the deadliest plague man has yeah. ever known. Congratulations. Uh, you know, I, I had a moment where I was like, I probably infected a bunch of people and then I started to feel a little guilty. And then I was like, how would I be behaving if I just had a normal cold? Um, well, we've all, it's true. We've all done that. That's, I remember when uh, Dave Cullen was on our show and he was describing yeah. that. It's like, yeah, of, of course. Why haven't I thought about it in that way? It's, it's not an excuse to intentionally infect people or be grossly negligent. You know, we're not licking doorknobs, you know, but you're not licking any doorknobs. <laughs> not yet. Uh, but you, we all have to confront the reality that just by living as humans, we have all passed on transmissible viruses, bacteria, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just part of being a, a biological being on this planet. You can't really yeah. stop that. It's just part of the natural world. Well, nor should we. I think that we should have been doing a better job of ensuring that we reached herd immunity sooner. So yeah, I agree. Maybe there is a case now. Yeah. Basically. Maybe there is a case for licking doorknobs. <laughs> Doing it for charity, man. Yeah. Don't intervene. Buck star chaser said, I asked Susan how she could delete mountain blonde. She replied quite matter of factly. Easy. Uh, I just don't lead them as much. I, I don't. That one's over my head. Am I I'm giving this? that an honorary rim shot because I'm sure it's good and I'm just an idiot. Is this another Dixie wrecked situation where I just don't realize oh, what I'm saying? Play. Come on. What's it? Come on. I can't even give him the rim shot he's owed. Uh, <sighs> carry on, carry on. You heard it here. Owed a rim job from Skat. <laughs> uh, Laser 47. Matt and I once engaged in a cultural sword fight. Matt won and made love to me. It was amazing. And we explored other cultures by going for a jog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sounds about right. Seamus Webb says, congratulations on the bill that passed in Montana. On Friday, Montana gets to flip the bird to the governor uh, with regards to anti-2A because you're in a sanctuary state. Yep, 2A sanctuary uh, among many states uh, who have passed or are considering passing such legislation. If you want to do federal gun bans, don't send your feds here because we're not going to help them. We need uh, to get to the metal level of jacket reference. You guys should have known that uh, that was going to go over our head. Oh, yeah, I guess it's a movie. There you go. Uh, my my apology. Jacko says, I don't know if you guys saw Lauren Chen's incest video this week, hmm. but her rant was almost angry blonde rant. Uh, awesome. And she was an inch away from right wing death squad advocacy. It was cool to see her actually get mad. She gets mad. She, it's just she, very polite. Yeah. Polite anger. Radicalized Lauren. All right. I'm going to have to check it out. I did not see that video, so I will have to give it a, a look. 
Brett Kester, Utah's constitutional carry goes through on the 5th. I'll be looking forward to my constitutional hose while constitutionally pimping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the other benefit of um, Wild West uh, Wild West pimp style carry here in Montana. The bitches and hoes have never been more in line than they are these days. <laughs> I'm sure they are in Idaho, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, based Ungern says, this is a good one, Arnold Schwartz, basketball American. Yeah, correct. <laughs> dilly dilly. If people who complain at the drop of a hat are called Karens and Ians, I hadn't heard that one. Uh, what do you call people who think they can hide from the leftist mobs? Ands and Franks. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, Seamus Webb, body armor or no, think that soft armor level three would be good enough, or should I get plates to cover rifle sounds? I don't know what any of that means. Uh, I'm not a great armor mind, so I would not uh I would not give you advice worth trusting on that. But um mm-hmm. level would level three be good enough or should I uh I don't mm, well level three is better than level no uh, level none. So yes. Um but if you are very serious about wanting to if you're very serious about an armor buy, consult the YouTube reviews is what I would say. I'm not qualified to advise you in that arena. Uh liberative Chauvin was given the opposite of jury nullification and will again probably be overturned on appeal where there is no jury. I don't think this is gonna get overturned on appeal. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Uh Reverend Dave. The police cleared Jenner because the car had a full had a faulty tranny in it. <laughs> spelling for the stasi can't submit it otherwise That's, it's pretty good they're on fire tonight these are really these are really good ones napoleon the third oh my poor baby is freaking out she got really sick uh which is a bummer you, yeah uh, do you, I, I guess there's no way to know it you just have to infer it's coronavirus or what yeah i mean yeah i, I can't imagine it's something else hmm. Um, America is France, 1939, looking strong, but weakened by socialism, verging on civil war between left and right. The solution is constitutional monarchy and voting reserved for net contributors to select advisors to the king. Mm. I like it. As I've said many times, as long as government, government remaining loyal to its purpose of defending and securing the rights of the people is more important to me than how we select our leaders. 100%. I don't. D- democracy is of no inherent value, nor is representative government per se. If if you vote for people who in, to- in turn violate your rights, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. Uh, so selecting leaders is of less importance to me. Um, Brett Stewart says, made my way to the free state of Idaho from California. What are your realistic predictions on state independence and group state secession? I don't see any other way to stay free-ish. Hmm. Love the show. I've been listening to you for years. Congrats on both of your families. I mean, I don't see how we can do it. I don't, I don't know feasibly how, how it really can be done. Um, listen to Legal Man, the quash on, on, um, Apple podcast. It's it's like it's it's a fantasy for me that we'll be able to pull this off, but I don't know how we possibly could. I think more realistically, it's just states sitting back and doing like we just talked about. Like, okay, you want to pass insane federal law? You come here and enforce it because we're not yeah. going to do that. See you never. The, the, yeah. the feds have a lot of resources. They do. But, you know, there's a reason that things like sanctuary states and sanctuary cities for immigration are effective. It's because the feds don't have the resources to enforce every right mundane piece of federal law they do have to pick and choose and if they're not getting state and local assistance they're really hampered so that's yep. the way that i could see it playing out 
Mark Wiseman, Two Distant Strangers wins Best Live Action Short Film, easily the most inflammatory BLM-inspired Oscar nominee. Uh, think Groundhog Day, where black professionals repeatedly killed by white cop. <laughs> I forgot about the Oscars. Yeah, I, yeah, we're going up against the Oscars tonight. I, who knows how difficult that is? Who the hell watches that anymore, though? Nobody. She's freaking out. Um, Fisher says, no crazy message. Just wanted to throw you to some money on one of the rare Sundays I can catch you live. God bless. God bless you. Oh, well, too. thank you. That's much appreciated. I am. Um, I'm still fiddling with the sound system. So if you hear something on your end, don't freak out. I'm trying to get. It oh, back. OK. Uh, Ramiam says the great Mastazi of 2021. Uh, I don't know. That's another reference. That's beyond me. No, me too. Um, I'm sorry, man. Thank you for supporting the show. Incompetent hand says blonde is a hypochondriac and her coof is female nonsense. Also blonde <laughs> is right about everything. Still only her husband can give you the jab, but don't let him until you get a compound, get better. I am a hypochondriac. That is true. Um, but I'm telling you, this is not that bad. And there's, this is no reason to be getting an experimental vaccine. Hmm. Knuckle Hunky Buck, thanks to George Floyd for his sacrifice in the name of justice. And also a special thank you to Derek Chauvin and Fentanyl for the assist. <laughs> yeah, Nancy really missed that one on her shout out, I think. Yeah. Danny Montana, I'm going to read this because I don't care anymore. Um, on the topic of right wing girlfriends, after a week of dating my current girlfriend, I made her watch the greatest story never told. It's not that hard to change people's minds. I mean, who really Whoa. believes? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> thank you thank daddy you. thank you daddy <laughs> uh sam pick says with regards think to pelosi critically com- think critically regards to the pelosi comment if it was a sacrifice that would imply it was his choice or if it was the cop that sacrificed him then she should be thanking the cop i get that yeah that's true why no thank you to Derek chauvin he he made a big sacrifice in pursuit of the greater good for nancy pelosi right Alexandria Hawk, big ups to Matt and Blonde for creating this community. Thanks to you and the meetups. I've met the most amazing, caring, strong, and principled man. A far better catch than I deserve. Love you, babe. Oh, gay balls. Excellent. That's so great. uh, That is very good to hear. Um, I... Yeah, this is this is the stuff when I think about the anniversaries and what this show has become. That's the stuff that was really never thought about day one. Like I, yeah, I never imagined to totally reshape my life based around this. I never imagined that people would shape their lives based on people they've met through this show. So, all the best to you and congratulations. That's it. That's a huge deal. Joshua Worley, um, I'd like to say screw that expert witness who acted like he can measure George Floyd's lung capacity by eyeballing a video. Yeah, that, that I, same I, I, guy said he could determine it. cause of death based on the video. That's insane. Uh, Tori D. Floyd is ghetto Jesus. He died for all of our racial sins. Nancy <laughs> um, Esoterica Unbound. Well, why isn't Jesus Sanders ghetto Jesus? Yeah, Jesus Sanders is ghetto Jesus. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> Get my, yeah, there can only be one. Um, yeah. This has been a tough week for me. Um, on the truth, freedom, dignity front, first, my employer released a post-trial statement about how racist Ugh. white America is. I can agree via my silence or become a target for HR. Then my 19-year-old informed me she's required to take the jab to return to campus in the fall. I told her this is wrong and we can send her to another school. To her and my wife, it's my issues that are the problem. You need to get those women under control. Hmm. God, that's... Uh, it was- this week was like uh, it was well i guess it was just a lot like when what happened with george floyd originally you get an email from every corporation that's ever had your email address saying how appalled they are about what happened to george floyd or in this case how 
justice has been served in this one instance, but it's not enough. And the fight continues. Thanks. I signed yeah. up for hiking boots, REI or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I know. God. I know. But, uh, um, but man, um, keep fighting the good fight, man. Thank you for supporting the show. Evan M says a quintessential example of correlation causation fallacy. There are more police in high crime neighborhoods. Ergo, if you remove the police, the crime goes down. I know it's retarded. Uh, Kyle Petey, uh, check out iFunny. Um, and two, Floyd had a virus, a respiratory one, and a lethal amount of fentanyl, which also attacks your breathing on top of the meth and heart problems. That is reasonable doubt. Can't tell me otherwise. I know. I agree. 100%. A 2A education. Thanks for another great stream. Thank you for the donation. Thank you, man. And uh, congrats on the channel. Keep it going. Andrew Brick, um, M&B, Matt and Blonde. Do you think Chauvin should have done something different when Floyd actually stopped breathing? I don't know. The thing about this is that I don't care uh, about any of this. I don't I don't care about Chauvin and I definitely don't care about George Floyd. I mean, it's more that this is a symbol of the cultural problems that we're having with black America. Um, but as far as investing any emotional energy in the death of George Floyd, I don't give a shit. Uh, I, you have to correct me on the fact pattern here. Weren't the paramedics called before George Floyd had died? Yeah. So paramedics are on the way. Um, Derek Chauvin is not a medical, a person who provides medical assistance per se, although I'm sure he probably has some training in that way. But as we've heard from prior Supreme Court precedent, the police don't have a duty to protect you or necessarily render aid. You might say a good police officer does that, but is it legally required? I'm not so sure. And the other factor that you have to consider here is, was the scene secure? We talk about what you should do um, in an ideal situation, but a police officer's first task is to secure the scene. Paramedics are medical professionals who come in and, and take care of that. And if the scene was perfectly secure, a, a question that was raised at trial that I think was not sufficiently answered is um, why did they just shove George Floyd into the ambulance and leave? Why didn't they render medical aid at the scene? Right. Yeah. And they said it's because they have better resources in the ambulance, but they also acknowledged uh, the scene was pretty sketchy. I'm not saying that people were, you know, running up and trying to stab or shoot Derek Chauvin or anything like that. But you've seen how bad these uh, rowdy and hostile crowds can get when there's what is perceived to be a racist police incident going on. I, I can't really fault a police officer for treating his most serious or his 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 primary job is securing the scene first. Yeah. And I think that's what happened here. Snowing wind drops, wine drops says uh, the alternate, the alternate juror should be more worried about the coof than flashbangs. Just saying statistics. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd be worried about the reaction for sure if I were on the jury. So I kind of understand that perspective, but she great. She straight up said it would have informed her choice. That was my issue. Yeah. Um, my baby is freaking out. All right. Why don't you go investigate? I will carry on. Okay, I'll be right back. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Um, thanks for patience, guys. And I can't I can't get the sounder system back, so I know I, I, I owe some of you some sounders. I can't do it. So I'll have to see if I can repair that for next time. My apology. Um, snowing, snowing wine drops. Oh, this is the one we just read. Martin says, Zimmerman was acquitted by an all-female jury. I know life the entire Chauvin trial. The problem wasn't men versus women or white versus uh, people of color. The problem was no interest in capacity for thought, that or fear. Defense lost before the trial began. Well, I, I would agree with those premises, but we weren't to the extent that none of us were in the deliberation room. We just don't know. I, I mean, what 
what we'd all love to have is to, or we'd all love to be a fly on the wall in that deliberation room and, and see, did they actually all agree unanimously in short order that there was no reasonable doubt on the facts of the case? Uh, maybe. Uh, if so, I don't think that they seriously considered the facts of the case. Um, I think that the decision was made for all for different reasons. We can talk about the makeup of the trial or makeup of the jury. We can talk about outside influence. We can talk about fear of potential riots. I, I kind of think it's all of the above. And I, I, I'm not persuaded the facts uh, were the deciding factor here. Thank you, Martin. Much appreciated. Uh, Does it matter? Says only 5K watching uh, over 5k watching, but only a thousand likes. Come on, man. We, we do what we can and we appreciate people tuning in and liking the show. Thank you, man. Uh, Kabula says you get a super chat for me just for having Viva on your show. Love the crossover community. Well, it was great to get to talk to him. Um, good dude. And, uh, I hope we get to collaborate more. In fact, here's Viva Fry right now with his own super chat. Thank you. Kabul. Uh, says I was told to super chat, super chat to get Matt to say something dirty. Mike Hawk super chatted my channel many times. I never saw Mike Hawk, but I know Mike Hawk exists. Not a joke. We actually do have a a frequent user named Mike Hawk. I believe it's Mike Hawk 420 Blazin, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, Thank you, man. And thanks for coming on the show tonight. We appreciate all that you had to offer and we'll do it again soon. Uh, Jay Ray says blonde. Heart Blonde, Heart Matt, Heart Viva. Well, thank you for that. Breck Nichols says, Warning, Viva Fry and Robert Barnes fans entering the room. Everyone act abnormal. Well, it, I <laughs> I don't know that you're going to get a normal experience around here. Thanks for coming over. And uh, I hope you're having a good time. And um, we appreciate Robert and, uh, and Viva Fry's community over there. And I know they're doing really well. And I know uh, we have a lot of people listening to both streams. So that's great. Thank you, man. Uh, Amber, the drunken pickle maker says, I can't watch until tomorrow, but I did pick up my phone in time just to give you money. Well, thank you. Also, just checking again if we know what happened in Vegas yet. Well, I assume you're talking about the shooting. Uh, no, you're never going to. At least officially, the the investigation's dead. You can uh, you can make those pickles all day long. You're never going to get an answer from the feds on that one. Uh, Brett Steer It says, uh, Tremors is amazing. Get on it, Matt. You know, the, the deal's the deal, though. Blonde has to make the list of the movies. I will watch one per week. The list has not been made. I'm prepared to fulfill my end. Her end has not been fulfilled. So I will be waiting until then. Eric Burns Marsh says everyone should stop worshiping St. George. The Bible describes Jesus as a uh, Jewish carpenter. And this week, Ben Shapiro reveal, revealed himself to be the second coming. He's the one deserving of our adoration. Oh, man. Maybe if Blonde comes back, I could discuss that. Uh, yes, I you're referencing Ben Shapiro going to support Home Depot because Home Depot would not condemn the Georgia voting law. So to drum up support for home depot he went into the store and bought one board like a plank of wood maybe two or three feet long and six six inches wide something like that eight inches wide i don't know uh but it was it was one of those things did he address it uh because it was one of those things i thought was so silly is he is this lacking self-awareness or is it so ridiculous that he's kind of intentionally trolling for attention. As far as I know, he hasn't talked about it specifically or if he did, I missed it. So yeah, it was a great, it was a great moment on the internet. Um, thank you, man. Jocko says my Sunday nights consist of Viva and Barnes and then Matt and blonde. So seeing everyone together in a single stream makes me giddy with glee. No homo. 
I remember when Matt had no idea who Viva and Barnes were. Well, I've known about Robert Barnes for a little while. Viva Fry only in the last couple years, but I've, I've, um, the way I found out about Robert Barnes, I forget, uh, it, I think it was around the time that Alex Jones got banned off most of the internet. Cause, cause Robert Barnes had an, uh, he was, he was doing legal work for Alex Jones or something. And I know that he's, he's been on the show and there's a lot of affiliation there, but I'm pretty sure I found Robert Barnes through Alex Jones. And then I found Viva Fry through the Robert Barnes, Viva Fry stream and their association. So that's how that happened. Um, Semper Ad Meliora says, I know I'm being a dick here, but in terms of that stabbing video, I think the unseen victim was the, the poor dog who was dropped on the ground. All pups matter. Well, the, and the dog didn't get stabbed either. Miraculously. Yeah. Liz towel says, uh, do we know who that guy was who kicked the girl in the head when the officer arrived? I actually don't know. That's a good eye. Um, I don't know who that was, but presumably there's another assault there. You're right. Uh, thank you for the, for the, observation maxine of arc says i'm jealous of blonde i've been exposed to the kung flu since february of last year had an outbreak at the nursing home i work at i never wear a mask and i still haven't caught it well you must be tremendously is that lucky or unlucky i don't know um but maybe one day (laughs) keep your chin up you might achieve it crazy uh crazy like a fox oh wait no no uh yeah crazy like a fox sorry Nobody mentioning the full grown man punting that girl in the head like Adam Vinatieri. Cops should carry throwing knives so they can meet these situations with equal force. I have to confess, I'm not sure that I that I uh, caught it. So maybe I just missed it in the footage, but I'll have to go back and watch. Um, there was kind of a, a lot of people gathering there and a lot of shoving and stuff. I didn't see the kick. So I got to check it out. I'll have to I'll have to Jen Saki circle back on that one. Zach How says, how much of this, that did you hear? Uh, uh, whoops. Let me get this right here. Um, basically none. Why will okay, happen? Good. Oh, nothing. It's just ba- babies having a rough, a rough go at it. So thank you okay. everybody for your patience. I appreciate it. Uh, this is Zach to this day. You're right on it. Yeah. I still cannot comprehend how anyone can willingly watch mainstream media and take it at face value. Thank you both for demonstrating real reporting. We are journalists. <laughs> the journalist. What, yeah. what would the adjective be? I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I, I would definitely, this is not, like, we're, we're not a reporting show. We're kind of assembling facts as they exist on the internet. We're not doing original fact reporting. So I appreciate the praise, but what you're really talking about is as a media, that's not just negligent and, and kind of lazy or loosey goosey. They are propagandizing you. They're yeah. trying to get you to see the world in a particular way. And, um, you know, the, th- I suppose the difference is transparency. Obviously there are values that we're trying to stick up for on this show. It's not um, impartial in that way, but I'm not trying to deceive you. And and there's nothing, there's nothing in this show that's intended to be trickery or sleight of hand or deceptive cut this here or clip out that important piece of context. I don't know. I wear a lot of makeup, so it's the hair braiding thing. That's where it gets really (laughs) tricky. Yeah. Angry bell sprout. Um, First, there was driving while black. Now we have stabbing while black. As Joe Biden would say, it's just cultural differences that we need to respect. Also notice yeah. the man who punted the girl on the ground. There's yeah, been, I thought that was hilarious. There were several references to this. I feel like I just, did I just miss it? I, I guess I haven't seen it. I need to go. Oh, it's so funny. Is it in the the clip yeah. that I played? Yeah, let, you let just me, like. Let me look it up and I'll play it yeah. so I can observe this. I just got to find where I have the, the clip stored. Read another. I'll come back to it. Eric Burns Marsh, both Biden and the Armenian community need to realize that the young Turks weren't perfect. Oh, 
<laughs> oh yeah. I forgot oh. Biden did a big declaration of the Armenian genocide or something. I didn't pay a lot of attention to that. Holden Mulray. Hi, truth seekers. I wish we had a meme or pop culture reference for governments that won't combat chronic, combat chronic crime. Uh, but encumber responsible citizens with statutes and fines. I guess the latter is just easier. Yes, it is. Did you find it? I can't get any, like my whole clip system and sounder system is all screwed up. I'm going to see if I know where it is. Mm. Um, let me see if I can get it playing. Read one more and I'll see if I can get Mostly it Mostly peaceful gun owner. Matt and I once made love. He was a loving and peaceful, and he was loving and peaceful and promoted peace. But one day he got adventurous and started tapping my booty wild west pimp style why do you guys do this to me <laughs> i'm glad at least we understand the context of wild west pimp style now i gotta that, reload this anyways so. yeah okay so i have the video clip up um <laughs> i have no sound coming out of this ah! necessary let me let me get the sound i guess sound is necessary okay Okay, so is it this? Like someone gets pushed to the ground? It, the other angle is better. Yeah. yeah. He just, yeah, you kick Oh, right there. Okay, yeah. Right. See, I was looking at the cops so much and the attempted, it's almost simultaneous with the yeah. attempted stabbing. That's yeah, why that's I hardly even noticed. Yeah, thank you guys. Mm, let me reload. Do, 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 do. Who was the last one? I can come back on... Uh, Okay. Kyle Petey says, yo, I'm from lacrosse. A, it's called Viterbo. Viterbo. Okay. I didn't even hear about this. Viterbo. We'll go with that. That's a a weird name, but you know, Viterbo works for me. Sam from Ohio. I'm not anti-vax, but we must ask ourselves if our risk from dying from COVID is greater than the risk of letting the government set the precedent of mandatory vaccination. In my opinion, it's not. It's clearly not. And we don't know anything about this vaccine. I have it. It's not that bad. Um, Rafael Salvador forgot I was going to say something along the lines of part and parcel of living in a city by Zadie Khan um, and these teen knife fights. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, he said it's just uh, that's that's just part of living in a city is getting knifed or experiencing knifings. Yep. That was a classic. Um, Sam from Ohio. The government is making us choose between normal flu protocol and our natural rights by preventing normal life until we all do. Uh, what we were likely going to do anyway, they have ensured I won't hmm. do it. Yep. Far yeah. too hard. If Hugh Hefner liked fat chicks, that's <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, that basically is what that guy is. I got it back. All right. The, my sounders are back. Um, but uh, yes, that's a great analogy. He is like the Playboy Mansion. Uh, Hugh, uh, like the fat chick Hugh Hefner with his own fat chick Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Andrew Pollock says, is the 100K in the picture for the large girls, their number or followers of uh, followers or oh. collective weight? <laughs> Probably their collective weight. Yeah. I think it's because they, I, seriously speaking, I think it's because they just clipped 100K on TikTok. Yeah, okay. I, I, I have no idea. Andy D says, she had cliff diving type of motherly love. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, probably something like that. Ralph DeLong, I live in the Alaska bush where you don't lose your girlfriend. You just lose your turn. <laughs> You, lo- you lose what? You lose your turn because the dating pool is so small. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. God, it Rump- took me a second, but thank you. Rumpley Depew. I'm so excited. Tomorrow FedEx is scheduled to deliver my Kyle Rittenhouse autographed skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that were true. For fundraising purposes, maybe they yeah. should do that. I, I, it's getting rough for the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse fundraisers. I didn't even have time to talk about that tonight. 
Um, my God, uh, the, we got the cop fired. You got the paramedic hounded by the journalists. I, I, I think they, they like one platform stopped fundraising for Kyle Rittenhouse. If I saw correctly, that was just oh, a really? headline. So I don't know what's going on. But donating <sighs> to Kyle Rittenhouse is the crime of our time, apparently. Right after Derek Chauvin, maybe. Canned Kitty says, miscatching your live show, currently pregnant. Congratulations. So it's been such an easy way to get around the jab without reprisal. Um, mm. Not that I would get it anyway. Good for you. Angry Con- Bellsprout. Congratulations and thank and you. Congratulations. All the best. Driving while black, jogging while black, and now stabbing while black. I work in Austin and live one hour away. Saw lady double gloved at the store today. Blue <laughs> surgical gloves and clear sandwich gloves over. That's so stupid. Why? Wow. I've not seen the um, double gloving, only double masking. Although I think double masking's on the way out. I haven't seen that for a good long while. Knuckle Hunky Buck sent two. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. He also said Hugh Hefner and his huge heifers. I like, <laughs> like the wordplay. Uh, lap- that's, that's a good one. That's good. Lapco 92. I'm in Oklahoma City, terrified of insurrectionists that assaulted our state capitol, still waiting for the Dems to address this treason. Another story I didn't even have time to talk about. They were passing a bill that says if you're fleeing a riot and you run someone over, the state of Oklahoma will not prosecute you. Something (laughs) to that effect. And Black Lives Matter people went in there and um, interrupted or disrupted the... uh, I don't know if it was the House or Senate, but the Oklahoma State Legislature during the process. No mention of this insurrection. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. A latest. Arizona is currently doing what looks like a legit forensic audit of the physical ballots from 2020. Yeah. I'm so cynical after the last few years. I'm not sure if even a full reversal of the last election would restore any faith in our system. Exactly. I I'm not putting a lot one. of uh, stock in that changing. It obviously, it's not going to change the election, but I wouldn't expect it to change anything in Arizona anyway. But we shall see. Um, oh, I, sorry. I had to reload. Um, I may have to go relieve the babysitter. By the way, so I got a lot of um, comments about the name Emmeline. They were positive. They helped me decide the name. I've been thinking about the nickname Millie. What do you guys think about it? Let me know in the hmm. live chat. Uh, who was the last one I just said? Uh, knuckle hunky buck. I can never say that name. Knuckle, knuckle, knuckle hunky, hunky buck. buck. Oh, it was, was the latest. The, yeah, it was right after that. Okay, Eric Burns March. Matt, the podcast, you didn't build it. Barry from Chicago. No, yeah, that's true. I know. Yeah, yep. says Obama. I remember. Although I do think that quote was a little bit misrepresented because he was saying you didn't build the roads, you didn't build the infrastructure that helped mm. you build the business. But the point stands like... Mm. He, he he's saying you wouldn't have been able to build what you have without uh, taxation and, and government and public goods that they provide, which to the point that you're making, I think is also <coughs> bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm a psychopath. I like that name. It's funny. Officer Sicknick and a few others had strokes in early January. The officer is an essential worker and there will <laughs> there were a few old people there. What are the odds that they had an unrelated defensive jab in the arm? Hmm. <laughs> this might be a good time for me to- you you need a defensive jab all right I, let me read a few um wingy says why do they ignore the fact that all of these cop involved homicides are direct result of resisting arrest a cop's purpose is to escalate force until suspects are either detained or dead it seems like it puts a lot of police forces in a catch-22 well there's absolutely no doubt that even if you are being detained under an unlawful unjust laws we've talked about before some some laws are worth fighting 
Um, is resisting arrest in the moment likely to get you the success in that fight that you want? Highly unlikely, not a strategy I would advise. Um, so you gotta, <laughs> there are moral considerations, there are tactical considerations. And if, if you want to survive to fight the next fight, I think you, uh, resisting arrest is a, is a poor choice, but, uh, yeah. Um, thank you, Wingy. Appreciate it. I am not going to be Ohio Mike says, good? I, I just have you? a few more here. Oh, um, okay. Ohio Mike says, love the show. Had a doctor visit this week and the nurse asked if I wanted a COVID COVID vaccine. I said, no, I asked her if she had the vaccine and she laughed and said, no, well, good nurse. I guess go back to <laughs> yeah. her. Surprised they have a choice actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phil says I'm all for Phil. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. I'm all for um, all communities telling their stories about how they had regular knife fights growing up. It drives home the point that we, um, <laughs> it drives home the point that, um, sometimes cultures <laughs> are very different. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes cultures are very different. You know, uh, Phil, as I said, Phil is very hands-off in his approach to solving these problems. I think, I think we share that <laughs> perspective. Agreed. Thank you, Phil. Um, let me refresh and then uh, I, think I do have a few more over here. Okay. Uh, Greg Olson. I don't think I saw this. I, I read this one. The body cam footage from the cop who shot is a better perspective. You can really see the guy who kicks the girl and then complains about the cop shooting a kid. Um, and then last one over here is Screaking Eagle. I wonder how the feds expect cooperation when they now send officers as cannon fodder. Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's I think uh, policing in urban centers is just going to be. Oh yeah, uh, a mass exodus, and even the people that are there, uh, you're going to have to. The choices that you're going to have to make in the heat of a moment, like an Adam Toledo situation or a situation like this one in Columbus, I think you're going to see a lot of police officers just hesitate to make the decisions that oh, have yeah. to be made, which results in unfortunate outcomes. <clears throat> it could result in dead police officers who are shot themselves. It could result in victims of crime being harmed themselves, like this woman in pink probably would have been stabbed. Um, when you are too hesitant to intervene with criminals. It means criminals get an extra moment or two or an extra 10 minutes. If there are no cops to respond to commit the crimes that they're trying to commit, and yep. it's going to be a mess, but yeah, uh, the, the, a, a police officer using force in response to force is the greatest injustice of our time. We could never exactly. suffer such a thing. Right. Um, I just have a couple over on Trovo and D live. Um, chubby stubby. Uh, casting spells and says uh, I read somewhere that the guy kicking the head of the first girl knocked down was the knife wielder's father if true shows her upbringing or lack thereof if the guy kicking the head of the other person is Micaiah Bryant's dad that's not true there's no first of all her dad's absent we know that, that, that yeah. that's been established he's not <clears throat> helping her beat people up she he's doesn't not know there. who her father is what are you let's, guys talking let's about let's be realistic yeah um if you can confirm that, I will certainly take a look at that. And we're actually, uh, we're all set over on DLive. We good on YouTube? Yep, we're good. Okay, well, thank you guys for um, hanging out with us. It is much appreciated. And of course, thank you to Viva Fry for making time for us and helping to explain the seemingly unexplainable to us. Um, I'm not sure that, I certainly don't agree with Minnesota law on this topic, but he did help to make it a little more understandable. And that is much appreciated. And uh, if you came over from 
the Viva Barnes community. Thank you for giving our show a shot, too. Perhaps we will work together again in the future. If you're looking for more of the show to listen to, we have extra material you might not find on YouTube. We have Blonde's interview she's been doing. We have replays of the call-in show on Wednesday nights, all on the audio platforms. You can find those linked in the description and on the website if you're looking for more to listen to. Everything else, the show shop, more videos, um, anything you need that's show-related, mattchristiansandmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's the Matt and Blonde Show. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. <laughs>